Welcome back to the Stateside Podcast. My name is James Ian Macmillan. To the left of me is... Alan Ashcraft. That's who he is. We would like to welcome a very uh, esteemed guest today. We have Lou... I already forgot the last name. <laughs> Lou Maselli. Maselli. From, from Palisades. From Palisades. God, <laughs> Helped you out. Fucking worst. It's all right. No, my last name's just Italian and, you know... Yeah. Are you Italian? Yeah, 100%. You do look Italian. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Thank Are you, you like full blooded Italian? Yeah, I actually did the ancestry.com thing recently. Oh, uh, nice. That is a Christmas present. Um, I did it too. Yeah. Well, it was, it was interesting at first because, you know, I'm, I'm actually like primarily uh, Sicilian. And, um, you know, a lot of that back na- uh, background came from, you know, uh, the Middle East, Africa, stuff that's, you know, right. part of the reason why our, our skin color is so dark and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the dark hair. Yeah. And uh, when I first got it back, I got back what I, what I thought I was going to get back anyway. You know, it said like, you know, like 18% Middle Eastern, you know, 10% African, like all that kind of stuff. And then it did like an update. And I was like, oh, cool, maybe more stuff. And then this, the update just said 100% Sicilian. Oh, whoa. And weird. I was like, oh, okay. What do you mean update? What does that mean? It like, it. I guess the more people that do it, that uh, like submit it, I see. like it yeah. narrows it down further. Uh, but to me, it kind of narrowed it down like less. Yeah, that's more vague now. Yeah, right. Maybe yeah. So when was the first test you did? Uh, the first I only did one test, but I, I you spit in the vial, you yeah. send it away. That was uh, Christmas of last year. Ancestry DNA. Yeah, ancestry.com. Okay. Uh, right. Spit in the vial, but then they have the other one, twenty three and Me. Yeah, I haven't done that. And one. And I think that one's more accurate. That's what I hear. That's yeah. actually yeah, that's the one I did. You did that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They, they tell you stuff about like your diet and stuff, right? Your yeah, they'll, they'll like tell that? you about uh, your caffeine. Dependency levels or like or sensitivity rather. See, I would oh, rather. Wow. I, w- I wish I would have done that, that one because yeah, this one literally. I'll show you my phone later. It literally just says Italian. Right. Yeah. It's so lazy. Like, thanks. Yeah. So kind of already knew that. Yeah, I think yeah. I already knew that one. You know what I mean? The- well, as you can tell by the flags on the wall, I am very, very Irish and Scottish. Yes. Mostly Irish, but uh, my nice. my last name is a Scottish name, Macmillan. Very cool. Uh, Scotland is amazing. I love that country. It's been beautiful. there a few yeah. times. Me too. Ireland only been to the airport. Only was in Dublin, okay. Oh, okay. Airport. Yeah. I had family there, so we went and hang out there. But that's amazing. Yeah, we were talking about it a couple episodes ago. It's it, dude, it's so much fun. I mean, m- most of Western Europe is a good time, right? Yeah, I mean, I I love most of Europe in general. You yeah. know what I mean? For me, I think my favorite place is um, I love Germany. Germany's mm-hmm. great. Uh, Czech Republic, Prague, Amsterdam. Um, you know, Spain is beautiful. France, right? Uh, France can be a little dirty sometimes. It's like a little dirty. Yeah. I agree. Like just the like in the in the streets. Yeah. Like, you know, anyway. Berlin was kinda like that and so was Rome. I yeah. Rome. Yeah. yeah. Uh reminds, dog shit everywhere. Yeah. Reminded me like of New York City, which I yeah. live in Jersey, so I'm like right across. Oh, that's where you live now. Yeah, I live in Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Um so it, it but I mean the people are great. Uh it's a beautiful city regardless of that. You know what I mean? But yeah. Portland, I mean Portland. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the signs of her in here. But no, um no, but Paris is great. I went to a few other places there, but uh yeah, Europe is beautiful. Europe's dope. Is this all from touring? Yeah, just yeah. Every every place I've ever been to in the world is from touring for the it's, most part. It's the best it's one of the best parts about being in a band. Oh, absolutely. Right? If, if not the best part. Not the best. Yeah. yeah. Like my, my favorite place that I've ever been to though is definitely japan like you guys toured japan we did like a like a four day weekend thing how was that incredible that's all i've ever heard oh my god i had a friend who played in a band called the epoxies Mm -hmm. the epoxies were on uh fat records owned by fat mike yeah yeah. no effects yeah 
And so they used to tour no effects all the time. They just had a really good gig where they got to open for bigger punk rock, yeah. new wave kind of band. That's sick. And yeah, anyway, he did Japan like five times. And he always talked about how just fucking incredible Japan was it's, to play. It's lit. Okay, so. Like just the best. I told you this a little bit before we got on uh, the show, but uh, I'm a huge like anime, yep. weeb, like comic nerd, all that stuff. And for me and our, uh, our drummer, Aaron, in our band, like. That was like heaven to us. Like that was like the the mecca of like everything we love right, in life. Right. And not only that, but like the people are so incredible. They're so humble and sweet and like w- you know caring and and, and it's just, clean. Cl- oh my god. The pol- like we we're just talking about New York and like Paris, but like I could literally eat off of the street. Right. That was the thing Tokyo. that my yeah. buddy kept saying. Tim was like, yeah, and even the venues are clean. Everything's clean. Like punk rock, hardcore venues are fucking clean. Yeah, I mean, I think the culture is just so respectful. Well, it's also because they, it's it's definitely that. There's like a custom respect mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. but it's also really geographically small. True. And there's a ton of people in a very small area. Right. So they sort of have to be. Yeah. They, they've learned over time that like. Or there's be chaos, right? There's be fucking chaos. Yeah. We're all diseased. It's, it's clean there because, man, when they get dirty, it's behind closed doors. It's like <laughs> real weird. Tentacle porn. Tentacle and porn. Bonded shit. Oh, man. My Keep mom the is obsessed clean, with watching but... a, like Japanese drama right oh. now on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Korean yeah. and Japanese shows. Dude. Okay. So, uh, so our funny. drummer, Aaron, is also obsessed with watching that. Um, there's it's, one, a, it's a thing. There's it's one a thing. show called like Lake House or something like that. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I've seen like yeah. uh, I've seen little hits of it on YouTube. I've never watched it fully, it's, but it's like if um, the real world was wholesome. Yeah. Whoa. And it's just like these six strangers. They meet in a house. They're like aged from like eighteen to like twenty eight, and you know they're trying to find love. Blah blah blah. But the weird part of the show, it's super wholesome. Like it's not like crazy fighting or anything like that. It's like real. Everyone's really nice. But then, okay, so there's that aspect of the show, and then in between the episode, there's like three breaks. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end of the sh- episode. Yeah, and it's people watching the show, <laughs> like us. It'd be like it'd be like a camera crew filming us watching the show and giving our opinions. On what just happened on the show. That's great. That's so fucking Japanese. Yeah. That's the yeah, most yeah, Japanese shit super ever. Super duper it, Japanese. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, Japan was amazing. And then also, like, we're really good friends with the band One OK Rock. Oh yeah, and also we, a Crumit band, I think. Uh, I believe. Yeah, they, they yeah. did some work with him. I think. The, did did, did they do up? some work with him? I don't. I, I want to say yes, but I, I know, know he did a Japanese. I'll, band. I'll be honest with you. I'm so bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, like, me too. Exactly what band went where. It's so hard to keep up. with. So many people go to so many different places. I think they did. Um, I got I We'll come back to it. I, I, yeah, maybe it's not that bad. Feldman. It was Feldman. John Feldman. Yes. Oh, yeah, because they're like big, big, that's, big, big, right? What, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went to Feldman for a few things, but that makes more sense. Uh, I don't know, but it could be possible that he that Kermit mixed and mastered some stuff. I'm not sure. It he, could just be. I don't know if you're doing this, James, band? but what I'm doing is I'm thinking of that one. They like stayed. The band stayed for a while, yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you're which is incredibly the, uh, racist of us because oh. it was just a different. The, uh, <laughs> just, just and they might not have Japanese. even been Japanese. No, there, there was a, there was a Japanese band that did stay with him. And actually, fun yeah. fact about that, I was supposed to be um, a guest vocalist on them, uh, but it just scheduling wise didn't uh, work okay. out. We were working on the new, uh, the oh, new what's record. What's the fucking name of that band? Um, I, I'll never remember. They're not actually, a rise band. I no, no. Huh? I want to say the name starts with an S, but I mean that's I not literally. Helpful. I'll, I'll, check, I'll check my games earlier. I forget the name of it right freaking now. Out. Yeah, make sure Kermit hears this. <laughs> send it to him. Send him a little clip. Um, but it was really cool, though, yeah. because like when we were there, uh, One OK Rock was there with Issues and Sleeper and Sirens, and they were doing their own show. And there's One OK Rock, I don't 
know if you know this or not, but they're like um, the Justin Bieber of rock yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like massive. massive. Yeah. They, so massive. they play this like 40,000 people show and we played like a show to like 300 people, which was amazing though because yeah. first time ever being there, you know, sorry if I'm burping a lot. I'm drinking I burp beer and LaCroix. Yeah. So. <laughs> just double fisting. It's good for Fizzy up. shit. <laughs> um, but like, it, it was amazing because we already were friends with Taka and the Wonder Rock guys and of course sleeping in issues. So we got invited to this like after party and it was just wild. Like it was oh, so wow. cool. We went to... Um, like real, real rock star shit. Yeah, like we yeah. went into this. Uh, we went to two different places. We went into the first one, and you know, Taka didn't want to be there anymore, so we got everybody up and left, and we all just got into Ubers that he just had, and then we just went to another uh, bar called like uh, New Lex or something like that. And um, the owner of the bar there came up to us and was like, "What do you want to drink?" And we were like, "Oh, uh, our drummer Aaron again." <laughs> I, I keep bringing him up. Yeah, <laughs> just because he's so into this whole Tokyo experience. With yeah, me. yeah. He was like, can I get like DiSerono and Coke? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Brought it over and it was three bottles of DiSerono and three bottles of Coke. And whoa. he was just like, whoa. Like, whoa. That's a crazy night. Right. Aaron wound up getting a little sick and having to leave. This is in Tokyo? Yeah, in assume? Tokyo. Uh, no. Puked all in uh, the taxi cab on the way back home. <laughs> he was trying to use Google Translate to translate to this poor man <laughs> i'm uh, so sorry for my friend ruining your car yeah yeah uh, but and he can't do it in english yeah, and, yeah. um but oh. it, it all in all Boy. it was a great experience got to play so many cool video games and uh so cool yeah the one thing we messed up on though is the the merch we brought over um the merch we brought over we thought it'd be really cool if we did like all like anime themed merch you know and we even had uh, a shirt that said Palisades and Katakana, and it was Japanese. Okay, and, and so how, that didn't go over? No, they didn't like it. They didn't want it. So that's like going to Ireland with a bunch of shamrock shit. Yeah, they're like, we see I this. I like the Dropkick Murphys too, guys. Yeah, like, they're yeah. like, they're like, we see this every day. Right. Where's right. the American stuff? And I'm right. Like, oh, I'm that's so why. That's why they like you. Yep. Exactly. So Dude, next, time, next time, advice to any band listening to this, bring over literally just American flag stuff. Yes, American flag, <laughs> like, fucking <laughs> most patriotic Sam, merch you have. Yeah. Bald eagles. Yeah. You should have like the do 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 yeah, the fucking. <laughs> just, just play the American national anthem during yeah. the set and no, I'm just kidding. Just a bunch That's of Uncle Sam hilarious. shirts. Yeah, right. Uh, Dude, now you got me wanting to watch Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah. Gotta never seen it. I've never seen it either. Actually. God damn it, guys. I hear about what it is, all the what time. Is, what is that? Is that, that it's was so a good. Was yeah, a movie, it was a movie. Right? Like, yeah. From a while ago, right? Is that the Bill Murray one? Bill Murray. The Bill Murray and, and early Scarlett Johansson. God damn it, she's so fucking hot in that. <laughs> she is um, very. Yeah. Who directed it? Oh, Sofia Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's, what's it about? Love the, her vibe movies. Yeah, what is it about? So it's it's loosely based on Sofia Coppola's experience going to Japan with her recently uh, recent husband that she just married, who is supposed to be uh, Spike Jones. Okay. Oh, okay. The director and skater guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they go to Tokyo, and she tags along with him, and he's like a photographer in the movie. Like right, a, right. And he's supposed to be taking pictures of like Japanese bands and stuff. And so anyway, she has, a, and they're there for like an extended stay for like a month or two. And so she's just like dicking around Tokyo by herself in this hotel. And anyway, she runs into this business, American businessman, Bill Murray, and they develop this friendship, borderline like love relationship. Right, right. They never go there, but they get really close. <clears throat> and she, it's just, it's just so fucking beautiful. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Just like yeah, really well shot. Really well done. The music kicks ass. A lot of like, movie or? 
Uh, like 2004, I want to say. 2004, okay. I feel like that age movies, like late 90s, early 2000s, is like a really good time. It's so movies. good. It's yeah. like, you you would love it. Yeah. Do you like Japanese, uh, yeah. that world? I, I just love movies in general. Me too. It's super huge. Like, I love... It's like, my favorite art form. I mean, music is number one. Yeah. But pretty much right below it. Dude, I think it's just, you know, it's just so different. It's such a different form of storytelling. It's I know. You know what I mean? It's almost like the... The realist form. I agree, you know? like, and it, it has so many different like types of art forms. Totally, it's a visual thing. So, like photography, you know, a director of photography, um, then obviously acting, writing, the scores, of the, it. the music. It involves yeah, our still, favorite thing, yeah. music, dude. Yeah, you get some Hans Zimmer shit in there, dude. You will feel the something. vibe, man. Yeah, it's, just, it's it's amazing. Like, you know, you look at all the like the the acclaimed directors yeah. and how they decide to shoot their shots uh, of everything and like foreshadowing shots yeah. or like the, the meticulous details that go into, e- you know, it's so different from music because like you can only throw so many meticulous things into music, you know, you can put stuff in the background, yeah. but just visually seeing it and there being a reason for it, you know, that's, that's and, a yeah. and, thing. And it's not like there isn't, there's story, like plot in music, you know, with lyrics and stuff because you're a singer, mm-hmm. you know about mm-hmm. that. But, it's not the same. Like in movies, they're telling a story. Yeah. So everything matters. Like the way you picked up your drink. Sure. Why is there a candle in that room? Why did they blow the candle out as the person walked through the door? Like totally. there's all these fucking metaphors and foreshadowing and did you, it's did, endless. Did you guys watch on Netflix? Um, uh, what was it? Haunting, Haunted Hill? Haunting Hill? We started Haunting it. Haunted Hill House? Yes, I want to no. keep watching it. It's oh, fucking right. so dope. Damn, I wish I could talk to you about the ending of it. Yeah, please don't because I, I want to <laughs> go check it out. What, I, what I'll say, no, spoiler free, is um, when you're done watching it, the last scene of the movie is very impo- or of the show is very important, and then go look online about it. That's all I'll say. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. Super, super crazy like Easter egg that I didn't even think about, and after I thought about it, after I read that, I was like, holy fuck. Holy shit. That just that fucked me up. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Are you like at the beginning of it, or... Yeah, like very beginning. So my wife has watched all of it, and okay. then she made me watch it again with her. Right. And we only watched two episodes. Gotcha. I think two. Yeah. Yeah. No, another show on Netflix that I actually didn't like at all, uh, that kind of was very popular, was that Sabrina show. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say Black Mirror, and I was gonna flip no, this table no, and dude. like Black Mirror light incredible. everyone on fire. I didn't really love Bandersnatch though. I loved it. Okay, so I ta- understand because my wife's kind of on your side. I think. Yeah. Like she loved it, but she I think she was a little let down. Well, we were talking about this earlier, right? Yeah. At, we, we Have you l- seen it? We had I lunch. did, yeah. We had lunch today. I watched it with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom made all the crazy choices? Yeah, yeah. My mom wanted me to like kick my dad in the balls and like chop up the body. Go do acid with Colin instead of go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. So and I was like a fucking boy scout. I did all the right shit, ended up fucking dead anyway. <laughs> you watched the new Yeah, movie? I watched it. Okay. And it was funny because my mom because I, I have Apple TV and it was like, oh By the way, spoiler spoiler alerts. <laughs> like Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I have sure. Apple TV and that doesn't have the fucking choose your own adventure technology, which is insane. It didn't warn you? It, it well, no, it, it did told, on ours. It said this is not compatible. Yes, that's what it did for Go me. To PS4 or and all else. I could do was watch the trailer. And okay. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? There's right. only a trailer. Oh. And then uh, I was talking to uh, Chris at Rise and he was like, just do it on your PS4. I'm like, why the fuck would it work on my, like, it's Apple TV. And he yeah. was like, I know it's stupid, but just 
So then uh, my mom is sitting right where you are, and I'm right here, and we have the PlayStation 4 controller here. And every time you're about to have to make a choice, it vibrates. Yeah. And by the, like, fifth one, my mom was like, oh, like, she was experiencing stress. <laughs> every time it would vibrate, she's like, That's fucking so pick something. Dude, like, we hated the responsibility. For me, that it, it was just the 10-second choice. Like, you had 10 seconds. I know, and that, that was too. It. And yeah. I was, there was one, there's one scene in it where you have to type the phone number in. Yeah, yeah. Did and you I, get it right? No, because I'm, I was sitting with my See, girl- I watched it six times through, so I finally got it right. Okay, so I was watching with my girlfriend... <laughs> And like we did all the different endings. Oh, okay. That. I was watching with like, it was like three, four hours. Yeah, I bet. I, I literally panicked. I was Maybe like, wait, more. I was like, what'd you say? Two, eight, nine, seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, two oh five. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I think it was bad. And I have a thing. I think it's if you choose something. Like it's all depending on how you chose it the first time, so you exactly. may intentionally get the wrong number. Same uh, with the with Dad's fucking lockbox thing, the three digits yes. or the three letters. Yep, those are different. The two times I did it, right? Yeah, toy packs, toy and packs, and yeah, pack, yeah. Yep. Also, did, and then JDF or JFD or whatever the yeah. fuck. oh I never got that. I never got yeah. that either. The very first time it was it was either I think it was packs and then JDF, which is the initials of the author, and then the second oh. time it was toy or pack. I think so. Uh, do you, I just read today actually? Um, uh, I go on ign.com like mm-hmm. every day, it's like one yeah. of my favorite websites. And uh, they had an article on there saying that um, there are so many endings that even the direct or not endings, and so many choices, yeah, that the, there's apparently another ending that the director can't find. Holy, he can't shit. figure out what he doesn't remember what the combination was for it. So there Ooh, is one scene, you mean ending. like through the footage, or like it's it's there, but he doesn't, what he do doesn't mean? know how to get to it. Like, like he, the whoa. footage is in the movie, yeah. but he doesn't know the choice to get to access it. I mean, I believe oh, that. Okay. I got that vibe because that just, would actually make sense if you, yeah. So there's, there is probably one ending out there that is like a secret egg, like an Easter egg. Well, that's got to be mostly because of the kill screens. When it takes you to that that little like, okay, where do you want to start from? You fucked up, mm-hmm. right? And the first it, one I did w- was when I, ch- I chose to stay at the office to work, right? Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, wrong choice, and he yeah, back to the beginning. I was like, oh, what I like about that is you know how because the whole point of it is they keep saying you you have a choice, like. You know, the original point for me, at least, is how I took it. Yeah, please explain. This is what I battle with. I don't understand the point of this movie at all. So, (laughs) So, help me. What I originally thought was, okay, the whole point of this is to remind us, the audience, that we have a choice in life. Okay. And we do. Whatever we do dictates our outcome in life, right? Sure. But kind of. And I think that was the point of it. It's like, and, and there's so many layers to it. Like, we're the audience controlling this kid. So he's like, I don't have a choice. For some reason, my hand's moving and I have to scratch my ear. And he's like feeling like he's crazy, but someone's forcing him to do it. I think there's a part of that in our life where like we all think we have a choice. But ultimately, like if it's like going on a freeway, right? And you're going to this destination. There's a bunch of different exits. You can get off these exits. And those are the choices you make in that show. You do this or you don't do that. But but the show made it very clear that no matter what you do, they're going to put you back on that path. Yeah. Well, right? Because like, if you don't stay at the office, or yeah. I forgot, it's either you do or you don't, yeah, yeah. it eventually makes you do it. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Well, you think then, you do. So you keep thinking, this is fun. I have a choice. But you really don't. Well, I think that's, uh, I mean. And I think that's I, really fucking brilliant. I am religious, uh, not to the point where I'm like, 
you know. Yeah, I'm agnostic. I, I definitely there. There's some thing. Well, I think yeah. that's the whole point. It, and uh, we don't have to go down this route at all. But <laughs> no, like, um, absolutely. What I'm trying to say, we can though, do whatever the fuck kinda, we want. Yeah, no rules. Yeah. The kind of the point. It's almost like you know, you want people say that God or the universe like gave us like free will, right? We have this free will to do what we want, right? But ultimately, in the Bible and stuff like that, it says that you know God knows the. The path that you already take, like you, it says that the people when you die, the people, when, like you see everyone that's already dead, mm-hmm. like because time isn't real, no, it's right? Not. Yeah. So it's like when you die, every like everyone that's ever lived or will die is dead already, essentially. Damn, right? So because the thing is though is that it's all predetermined, like the universe or God or whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> yeah. already knows the choices that you're gonna make, but we essentially have the free will. Like I'm gonna pick up this soda right now, but yeah. like, you know, like. Some it, the universe, whatever. But the only reason you picked up the soda was because you're thirsty. And right. the reason you're thirsty is because you're a human being. Right. And the reason you're a human being is because God made you. Exactly. And but so at the end of the day, you don't have a choice. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the point. Yeah. But then there's a whole crazy theory of like the multiverse. You know what I mean? The multiverse is like. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it gets crazy. I mean, you know? yeah, it's it, so crazy. I think it's both. And I think every there's an, there's an alter reality where I didn't do that, where I'm not here, where you're not here, where you know, like, know. and there's in, uh, that's what I love about infinite. comics. Yeah. I love comics so much about that. Like, you know, apparently the universe is so big. There's infinite. Yeah. versions totally. that I don't know how I can't, we can't my stupid mind fathom can't. that well this know? is a more like kind of like Buddhist, literally I can't fathom this that. is a more Buddhist twist on what you guys are saying sure. it's, it's less like like universal but one of my favorite things I ever heard was uh, and there's different versions of it it's like some people claim it's like a Chinese proverb some say that it's just like a like ancient Greek thing but uh, the way that I heard it was that there was this Chinese farmer and uh, he had this this horse this wild horse that he loved and it helped him kind of like tend to his to his uh, land and one day it runs away. And so uh, later that night, the neighbors come over and they're like, what a tragedy. We heard that your horse ran away. Like, that's terrible. And he just said, perhaps like you have no idea if it's good or bad. Yeah. And then the very next day, uh, that same horse returns with 12 more horses. Right. And the neighbors come over and they go, how amazing is that? Congratulations. Like, that's a great thing. And he goes, perhaps. And then the next day, his his son, his oldest son is on one of the uh, horses and falls and breaks his leg. And the neighbors are like, what a tragedy. He said, perhaps. Perhaps. Next day, the the <coughs> army's coming to him, the military, and they, they're looking for uh, young, able-bodied uh, men to, to fight in the war. But he's got a broken leg, so now he doesn't have to. So it, so it just yeah. kind of keeps going that way, and it, it helps kind of illustrate the arrogance of human beings that, that we can be in control. Like, if I go get a sick job, make a billion dollars, I'm killing it. Yeah. When really that doesn't guarantee happiness. That doesn't walk out of the street, get hit by a car. Right. Yeah. Or you, uh, you get your first million dollar check and then the next day your mom dies. And now you, you're going through this trauma of losing a, a loved one, but you've got all this money, but it means yeah. nothing to you because you're right. You're going through this traumatic thing. Yeah. So it's that, that's kind of a, a, another twist to it that we all <laughs> think we want control, but it's something that we don't ever have. And, 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 and for me personally, my life, um, you know, that, that's one of my biggest uh, things to cope with in my life is like the feeling of not, you know, having control of my own destiny Me too. or, you know, it's very hard. That's why I don't like do drugs anymore. Yeah. I, I rarely drink. Yeah. If I do, I have like one. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm back and forth with it where it's like part of me is like that's I did all that for so long. Yeah. Not having control is scary as shit, but it, and also a little bit like uh, it's also good for you. It's kind of a motivation killer in yeah. a way. But then at the same time, it can be the most liberating thing that like relieving. I That's why pot is so great. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't smoke anymore, but I think people should. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> like sure. At least yeah. Every once in a while. We all have a few people in our life that it puts you if in your you place, put some too, THC, man. some CBD yeah. in them, 
they would just be so much. Well, you always to hear deal people with. say like, "Oh, people should smoke pot to just fucking relax." That's right. not what I think. I think people should smoke pot to fucking wind up and get a little paranoid and second guess and not think that you're perfect. Just be more introspective. Just be a little introspective. Yeah. Fucking look in the mirror and get a little creeped out. I think that's the world's problem in general. Nobody has any introspective of themselves at all. Like yeah. you know, we we because we, think about this though. Really, like this is such a weird thing. I've just thought about this recently. Like we experience our entire existence, our, you know, God willing fucking 80, 90 year, 70 year yeah. life on this earth through our own two eyes. It's yeah. a trip, dude. You know, like you don't even know what it's like. To it's experience. the Lou filter. It's yeah. the James filter. You can't yeah. even like the only, the only sobering fact is like looking in a mirror and realizing that you exist. I know. Like, you know, even if that's true, like, but the, but then the comforting thing is like, if you are, Reli- not religious, spiritual, agnostic, whatever. I do believe that the universe does provide you everything you need right now. Yeah. And you may not feel that way. Everything that we need is here now. And like, I don't mean like in this room. I mean now in your life. Sure. And I think I think uh, people just close off to it a lot of times. So yeah. don't realize it. I mean, like, for a long time, <clears throat> I was very close off to this up. You know, I'm, I'm also very... Um, uh, worrisome paranoid person mm-hmm. um very badly uh, I, I have a hypochondriac tattoo on my arm i've always <laughs> yeah, been that I come from a very very italian family where like they worry more than anything neurotic the, yeah, yeah neurotic to the core uh you know like that's just been instilled in pa- upon me my whole life you know and i have a really good friend named george who is like the polar opposite of me where he's just like He's like, why worry, man? There's nothing, you know, yeah. it's just everything's cool. Like if it's going to, and I wish so badly I had more of that in me, you know, yeah. just that ability to let go and me too. let God per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I tend to be more like you. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. I hate it. I mean, I even take that. It's a control thing. Now. Yeah. yeah. And you should. I mean, it's, yeah. that's what it's for. Yeah. Like, you know, but there's, there's that old, um, it, there's a part in the, mo- uh, the show, the West Wing, which I'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. that kind of does this, but in their own version of it in the, the script. So it's the whole like old story of, I think it's in the Bible, I want to say, but the whole story of like, you know, someone's, uh, a man is, you know, the, the, the town is flooding and this guy is stuck on his roof, right? And he's a religious guy. So he keeps praying to God and he says, please save me, God. You know, I've been a good man. I'm making my own version, okay. praying. And then, you know, a guy comes by on a, on a canoe, right? He's like, hey, bro, get, get in the boat. I'll rescue you. And he's like, it's all good. God's going to provide. Mm-hmm. Like, Whatever. He fucking takes off, you know, and then like fucking helicopter comes over, drops down the rope. Hey man, climb up. You're good to go. It's like, no, I'm all good, man. God will provide. Yeah. You know, and then that keeps going on. And the whole point of it is eventually he fucking dies and he's asking God like, why I, I've been loyal to you for so long. I've been praying for you to help me and you never did anything. It's like motherfucker, I sent you a canoe, yeah. rowboat, and a fucking helicopter. Yeah. My, like, my, my uh, get my, on. My pop up told me that story. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of versions that. Yeah. of that, yeah. but it's it's super true, dude. It's 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 definitely true. I mean, bottom line with this with the whole life thing is that all none of us really know, and we won't fucking know until we're dead. And we're all just kind of skating. Do you ever by, think about that? Like my grandpa just recently passed. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's it's good. I mean, he's in, you know he had Parkinson's. It was yeah. a disaster at the end. Yeah, but. I was thinking about that. Like, I don't have any grandparents left. They're all gone. And I keep thinking, like, they're part of the club now. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, like, yeah. They know something that we all don't know. Yeah, totally. They either know ain't something or they know nothing. Like it just lights out. Yeah. Or they're part of this thing now that we've all been wondering. Well, for me, um, one of my biggest fears in life is death. Just straight up. Um, be- because of a few things, though. It's like the two... Two things that like your brain can't fathom are the words um, nothing, like nothingness, yeah, yeah. and eternity, right? So like you, you can't even begin to imagine like ceasing to exist because you can't because you don't have a consciousness. Yeah, to, exactly. To understand what that means to cease to exist, right? You just and that, but you can't even can't even understand that because like, yeah. you're not there. And then the other part is eternity, either heaven, hell, purgatory, whatever you want to believe is, is that is never ending. That's going to be on. It's a control thing. That's ever. it's because you want exactly. the control. And yeah. I want to know. You want to know. Exactly. And that's, I think one of the biggest fears for me because like, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't the know. Uncertainty of what happens when you die. The only, I, for me, the only cure for that, because I struggle with that too. And I did a lot when I was young. Yeah. The only thing that ever helped me was just being in the moment. People yeah. say that a lot, but it's real. Like, be in this moment. Yeah. Not thinking about what you have to do in an hour, because time, like you said, doesn't oh, yeah. exist. Yeah. doesn't exist. The time to get here, the time after, that's now in that moment. You ever think about how, how, how easily things can make people, like, just go fucking crazy? Oh, yeah. Like, just, if you really sat here down this rabbit hole, just, like, talking about this forever, oh, yeah. you'd go crazy. Well, we were, you know, like, a couple of podcasts ago, we were, we were kind of tripping out and, like, riffing on the idea that something, like, anything that you can think of is happening right now yeah. or has happened before or will happen. Like, you know, we were fucking going crazy. Like, anything. Like, anything. some guy with, is jacking off with a banana in his ass <laughs> uh, while climbing a palm tree, and then he'll bungee jump. Like, yeah, totally. like all of these scenarios will happen. It's just there's too many fucking people. Yeah, and there's a lot of closed doors, and people get real weird. How do you guys? Uh, how do you guys feel about aliens? I don't. I mean, the same thing. It's like it's too big of a. It feels place. illogical to denounce them, totally. their, yeah. their existence in any way, just because of you know the whole infinity thing. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm a true believer Absolutely. Like, through and through with that whole yeah. thing, you know. And I think one of my biggest regrets is um I love like science and I love like Me all too. that kind of space. Shit, right? yeah. yeah. And uh, one of my biggest regrets is that I won't live long enough to one, I want I really want to see Mars terraformed. Dude, you gotta watch this fucking TED Talk thing. It just came yeah. out. They they're this guy lays it out in the most like basic way. To, to basically say that we will in our lifetime see yeah. people on Mars. Oh man, it's a fucking so cool. dopest shit. Uh, and it's like way sooner than you think. I don't remember the year. It was in like a 15 year window or something. There's this one website that I found a long time ago. I don't remember, but it's like called like Future Timeline, and it like lays out what what you think. Maybe we can look it up later. Yeah, it lays out like what's gonna happen. Until the end of our galaxy. Oh wow! Someone just sort of like yeah, sca- yeah, yeah. It's cra- crazy. it's great. It's like, dude, that stuff trips me out. Like, yeah, that sounds anxiety-inducing, dude. Well, no, my- no, it's it, yes and no. Like, <laughs> like there's a point where like we're like a uh, hundred thousand years in the future, and it's like oh, it's everyone's a cyborg. Yeah, like you know sure. what I mean. Yeah. Like, but then another really cool thing is um, if we're I, even here, then I know, right? One of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite uh, people to listen to is um, the physicist uh, Michio Kaku. Okay. Have you heard of him before? No. Oh, uh, Japanese man, Japanese guy. White hair. I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Incredible. Um, yeah. And he has this whole thing on uh, type one, type zero, type two. Crazy. 
Yeah, this yeah. guy's fucking dope. Just way out Gotta there. Gotta check him out, man. Yeah. And the best thing about him is he lays it out in such a layman. Really terms. relatable, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. normal. Um, He's funny as shit, too. Yeah. He, one of the best things that he was talking about that I found interesting was like the whole like type zero, type one, type two, type three civilizations, right? And currently, right now, we are in a type zero uh, civilization where, um, you know, still we're on the verge of becoming into a type one civilization. Like mm. within the next, uh, he said, I think he said 100 to 200 years will. What does that mean? Like, so I'll tell you. So, yeah. so type one is like we only access the our own planet and our own like we haven't gone out of, past that or anything like that. But when you get to type one, you'll be able to harness complete control over your planet's energy. Like we'll be we'll be able to change the weather system, the oh, weather wow. patterns. We'll be able to con- access complete control of Earth. That's a type one civilization. But uh, type two is almost like more like Star Trek e. And then type three is like Star Wars, where it's like on a galactical, like different gal. That's and and he thinks that there's civilizations out there that access those things. But the the difference between jumping from type zero to type one is it's happening right now as we speak. Like for instance, a type one form of communication uh, to make everybody globally connect is email, right? Everyone can connect to anyone they want across the world on email. Yeah. Right. Pop music. Pop music is globally connecting people as a form of music. Everyone's heard a Justin Bieber song. Everyone's heard of that, right? Um, but then there's things that directly... Which, uh, not to interrupt you, but that's a new thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you not know. that not that long ago, you know, people in South Africa didn't know who Bing Crosby was or, right. you know, Louis Armstrong or something. And now it's like becoming... The age of information is, is connecting everyone <laughs> so that it's in, you know, 10, 20 years that that'll just be the norm everywhere, yeah. for right. the most part at least, right? right? And then, But then there's other things that are direct... Um, conflicts of uh, this is what he says in the, in the speech uh, I'll sing as a link for it uh, he says um, uh, terrorism is a direct uh, thing going against turning into a type 1 civilization because terrorism wants to divide people they yeah. want people to be separated by religion yeah. by race by um, you know all that kind of thing they're taking us go back away. to the stone age exactly. yeah Exactly. And that's essentially what they're doing. And he says within the next 100 to 200 years, we will find out if our planet makes it to the type one civilization. Whoa. That's Dude. really cool. If not, we will be destroyed. That's so like, cool. We'll cease to exist. So that shit's really fucking cool. Dude. I want to go fucking see aliens on other planets, and I want that. It's kind of crazy it hasn't happened yet. Dude, what if, like, when you <sighs> die, you essentially just get, like, skybox seats for life? You get to, like, watch the rest of it crazy. from, like, the comfort of, like, your clouds or whatever. Well, that that's such a trip. You were talking about, like, uh, someone could figure out, you know, the timeline from now to the end of time or whatever. Yeah, just like, guessed it, I guess. But, but I mean, that that's such a trip to try to wrap your head around because... Like, you know, my again, my grandpa just passed and he was 87. Yeah. And the amount of shit this one human being saw is remarkable. Yeah, totally. And the amount of stuff he did. He was a father of four. He was an entrepreneur. He was CEO. Made wow. money, lost money, went to war. God bless him. Army vet. Uh, got in a car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the amount of shit. And he, and he saw, like basic fucking technology grow into the internet and Twitter and dude literally think about he had a Facebook account think about <laughs> like just the last 30 years of technology right oh my just god in- dude insane, insane. Like, like do you know when the first iPhone came out does it, anyone know uh, I think it was um, you know, 2001 no way later than that bro what was it 
2007. Yes, I think it's 2007. 2007, I think it is 2000. Double check on that. I'm pretty will. sure it's 2007. That sounds right to that's, me. But that's crazy because like, um, well, I, so I'm 29, right? And people in our in my generation, I don't know. How 2007. Old so yeah, it's 2007. you're right. January 9th, 2007. Very big. How old are both of you? I'm 35. 32. 32. Okay, so we're similar. In that. Yeah. But our generation, and maybe more closer to mine, is the last generation, sorry, the last generation to remember a time before the internet and technology. Right. And yes. a time after it. I talk about it all the time. Right? Yep. Like, kids in, in like, literally, uh, I want to say, like. Well, do the math. If it, that's. Uh, 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. Right? So. So anyone that is under, <clears throat> what does that mean? Anyone that is like 11 and under. Yeah. Doesn't, like they were born in time without an iPhone. Yeah. Or, or they, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You they know didn't what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Only, they only had it. They only had, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. But that's, that's crazy. Or even like, even like just the internet. I remember yeah. when the internet first happened. Dude, I'm a, I got six years on you. I really remember. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. Yeah. All me and our book, Crummit, and Sev, yeah. all these producer dudes, you know, they were recording bands in Hillsboro off four track recorders, my friend. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. there was no other option. Well, Howard Benson was just telling me about, because um, well, we just did our. How old is Howard? Oh, I don't know. He's probably in his like. It's like. 60s? Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Been around. Yeah, forever. I mean, he's done everyone and their mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, but. He was telling me about when he was recording, um, who was it? I want to say it was Real Big Fish. Okay. In Florida. No. Was it Less Than Jake? Was that? One of the one of those bands. 90s. Pa- yeah. Pa- like a, like, you know, ska punk band, right? And uh, Anatares just made autotune. And he, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but like they just made autotune and mm-hmm. they sent it to him and they're like, we want you to try this out. And he's like, what the hell is this? autotune like what is this right and it like changed Crazy. his fucking life yeah you know what i mean have like, you seen the video of uh dave Grohl talking about nirvana using pro tools for the first time is that in the doc uh the doc yeah it's one of one of the yeah, yeah it's so goddamn funny because they're like used you know it would take like oh they used to call it slow tools yeah because it just slowed <laughs> everything oh, down right yep. yeah you know, it was like six hours of rendering or something, well, or more like a 24 hour render or well, something. Even till this day, Pro Tools still crashes a million times on every yeah. producer's computer. Well, it's the whole like, that's why, um, whether you like his music or not, I respect Jack White mm-hmm. because he always talks about this sort of thing where his whole point in music and art is to remove a lot of those options for sure. you. You know, so that's why a lot of his music is so basic. Yeah. And even like on the live stage, who do the craziest shit, like like OCD weird fucking shit. Mm-hmm. You know, most people will have guitar picks like up and down the mic stand mm-hmm. so they can they drop a pick and get to one quick. Yeah. He'll purposely put his pick over there on the corner of the stage like 20 feet away. Wow. So if he drops a pick, something chaotic happens and he has to run and go get it and it creates a moment. And he'll, so there's like a hundred different versions of that just for his live show. Jeez. He'll know, purposely have guitars that go out of tune. He purposely makes it hard on them. It's something to be said about... Um, <laughs> He's a multi-millionaire. He could have anything he wants. Yeah. It's something to be said about... Um, I do feel like today, especially being a musician, uh, the world is so focused on being perfect. Yeah. In every the, sense of The it. Pro Tools generation, man. It's, and, a, and, it's a shame. In every sense of the word, 
not even just the music, just in everything. Everything's everything. perfect, right? That almost people forget that, like, the the human aspect of you is what makes us all so unique. It's a bummer. Everyone can edit and, like, really choose what they want to say on social media and the f- perfect fucking picture, and yeah. it's not real. Yeah. Nothing's real. It's not real. It's fucked. You know? This, uh, it's, 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 it's a crazy, crazy world. Listen it, to, like, old records. I mean, like, old Zeppelin records. John Bonham... It's one of my top five favorite drummers of all time. But that song, Black Dog. If you listen to it, it's so off. Jimmy Page's... Because they weren't playing to a click. They're playing live to fucking tape that was then some guy spliced it and edited it. You know what's crazy? Like, I heard... But it's so good. I heard the... The actual tracks of Bohemian Rhapsody. Track Jeez. by track. Oh, yeah. Soloed. Is, is that on YouTube? Did Brian May do one no. of those? Because I've seen Some, one where he does I, something similar. Someone, I can't say I'll be murdered if I say... Oh, so like yeah. real, real shit. Yeah, like the actual oh, wow. session. Whoa. Um, and it was the most insane thing I've ever heard because you're reminded that these fucking people back then were like just had to be perfect real musicians yeah. you know and, and, yeah. and not only that but I heard the Beatles too crazy damn like just hearing well it, you know I mean think of all the fucking dickhead fucking bands out there who just get by yeah because of technology yeah well, I think I don't know. I think I well, guess there's an argument for it. There, like, there's, good there's, for them, but there's a side to to to, to both. I think, right? Because if you're not if you're not with the future, you get caught in the past. Yep. You get lost in the past. But yep. at the same time, if you lose the aspect that makes the past real and genuine, like one of the best things that Howard Benson told us in the studio this last time we're recording this new album is like, we're not selling music, we're selling emotion. And if you can't connect to people, then no one's gonna give a shit about you. Totally agree. You know, and, and it's what a good producer should do. Yeah, and and, and I he really, knows. Really, really thought about that. And you know, you know, the time in the studio, this past time in the studio was one of the most grueling. Grueling. Did you guys go to Florida? Uh, no. So he, so Howard Benson lives in um, Calabasas in California. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, okay, yeah. He beautiful house. Is Howard? I I hate to ask, but does he have cancer? No, not to my knowledge. Okay. No. For some reason, I thought. Now I want to know who you're thinking of. Yeah, I want to know who you're thinking of. There's a similar age producer. Oh, okay. You're thinking of um. There's like a GoFundMe right now. Oh shit! I don't what know. God bless him. Though. I wish the best for him. Big, big guy. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Oh shit! We get podcast brain. We talk about the podcast fog. You yeah, get. yeah. I mean, as soon as you hit record, you just become a fucking moron. Yeah, I forget mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah. But no, um, th- that was that was. I mean. Howard Benson did so. I mean, he did My Chemical Romance. He did P.O.D. Shit, he man. did like literally. If you just look at his thing, it's just like hit, 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 right. And um, and we walk in the studio. On the wall, it's just like, right, gold, platinum, albums, fuck, everywhere, just swinging that big dick around. Yeah, man, and it's and it's it's like intimidating at first because you want to be one of them. You want to be, and then obviously music was in a different place back then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, records sold way more. Oh know? yeah, but um. The, the crazy thing was is that like you know he told us he he sat down like when he was recording three cheers for uh, sweet revenge with my Ken with Gerard he yeah. Gerard was to was young he went in there and uh, he's like what do you want to write because their old music was kind of more sporadic and like weird he's like do you want to write hits or do you want to write just like songs he's like I want to write hits yeah I'm like, all right and then they did and, he, and he's like you got to sell emotion 
got to make people believe. He's a big comic book guy. Yo, yeah, I, know. I I met him here and got to know him a little bit. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he. Uh, That's so rad. Yeah, dude, he is incredibly talented. Um, <sighs> dude, our, but off air, I want to talk to you about the the rate and stuff with Doug. We can edit this out because with the what with uh, Howard. Oh yeah, yeah. I want I want to know because I don't know if you know, but stateside. It's also the name of a company I run where I represent music producers sure. and mix engineers and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So I, I'm usually the guy to negotiate oh. the rate between you, the band, and... Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. I'll talk, we'll does start. he have a manager? I'm sure he does. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, I forget his name off the top of my head. I usually just our manager just deal with all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Um, About that. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I should just uh, yell the number right now. Yeah. <laughs> just blow blow this shit up. Yeah. I, I'm keeping some, part of that in. That some, was actually funny. Some, yeah, right? <laughs> some secrets, you know, you know, business stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it's not for yeah, everyone to hear, you know. but uh but uh it it, it was a very it, dude, that recording experience was That's so I'm cool, man. It was, it was really hard. Yeah. One day we were the, we were the best band in the world that he's ever heard and the next day we were the worst band in the world he's ever heard. But ultimately, are you happy with that experience? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, because it's like going I, to war, you know. Yeah, you fucking, you have a a a real story now to tell. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think the best part for us was that like we were f- like, there's no co-writes on this album, just us, only the five of us. Fuck yeah, no one touched it except for us, you know. And the cool thing, does he co-write ever? Or is uh, he just no, an old school? Producer? No, he actually no. literally told us like he's like, because all uh, our last albums like our producers would like co-write with us a little bit you know what i mean like it's like feldman it's like a normal thing like i don't even think he produces bands unless he co-writes with yeah well that's yeah that's feldman's thing like you know record with eric ron brandon paddock in the past and um you know and we love those producers as well but it was a different vibe like what we were used to doing was going into the studio showing the demos and then reworking them with the producer to make the best thing but this is not what happened he's like come ready well yeah we went in the studio with like 20 songs right and so he has his studio in uh, Calabasas, and then he has his house in Calabasas, where the studio is where we do all the music, and his house is where me and our uh, bass player Brandon did all the vocals. So we're separate oh cool. And um, when we got in there, twenty, we had like twenty songs, and he listened to them all. And he goes, "All right, uh, these ten or so are great. Yeah, the rest of them are meh. If you want to fix them up, go for it. We start recording drums tomorrow." And uh, we're just like, "Shit, oh, uh, you make or, it happen." You wanted to like, do we fix anything? He's like. If I tell you they need to be fixed, you fix them yourself and fix them. And we're like, okay. Like, he would, Howard wow. wouldn't be like, sit, he wouldn't really like sit with us and be like, maybe you should sing this or that or like whatever. He'd just be like, that's not good. Make it better. Or he'd be like, maybe try something esque of this. Or like, you know, he's an incredible piano player. So he like would just go up and down the scales. But, Every idea was kind of, was just us, and he wanted it to be us. He's like, "This is your band. I'm not in your band. Like, you have great songs, and I'm here to make them even better." You know, so that was that was the first time we ever did that. It was really challenging at first because, you know, you you got to figure out how to be the best writer you can be. Yeah, and we were only there for a month and a half. Yeah, when did you guys do this? Um, uh, June, and then we left. June. July. So were there any fire threats down there? No, no, no. Not it yet, was, right? It was not yet. Um, Issues actually was recording there afterwards, and that was when the fire stuff happened. They actually had to evacuate Yeah, Because it got close to Calabasas, I want to say. Oh, no, he, he was evacuated. The whole house was, the whole house was on fire. 
Jesus. The bummer about living down there, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, very real. Yeah. And look, it doesn't matter where. No. Everyone has this theory like, well, if you live in fucking Silver Lake, then it's better. But if you like, no, if you're in Los Angeles County, fuck that. Yeah, if you're in Southern California, you're just let me, let me, let me admit, if you're in California, fire though. fires. Yeah, because you could be in Santa Barbara. You, you could be like, it doesn't matter. Just don't get it. Just, no, it's, like, it's just like the perfect environment for it. It yeah. gets windy every year. Dry. Yep. And yeah. dry as fuck. I think I've been to California. Like we've been there hundreds of times over the years, right? I think it's literally rained one yeah. time. Yeah. Once. Yeah. And like one day for like two hours and that was it. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah like, um, well, we, man, we came in hot. Yeah, We're talking right. about aliens. We did. Yeah. I was going to say like, cause we, this we, is great. we touched on the record a bit, but you tell everybody like, you know, just the name of it when it yes, came out. Like, sure. give them yes. the stats. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I'm t- I now like let's do the work. Yeah, no, me too. No, because what we were doing is, is more great. interesting, but just for yes. like clarity's yeah. sake. Yeah, yeah. So, no, um, the audience will love it. This is good. Yeah, so really um, good. Uh, Palisades is our band. And, uh, are you We Are Palisades on Instagram? Yes, on every social media, we are We Are Palisades. Okay. At we Are Palisades, wearepalisades.com, so what and so forth, all that. Um, the new album is called Erase the Pain. Uh, came out on the 28th of December. So happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Hell yeah. all that. Yep. Really How many songs? Ten songs, um, keeping it solid. But we're actually um, working on doing some reimagined stuff too, as well. So oh, nice. Yeah, we're going to be doing some, uh, taking the album and reimagining the songs. Not totally sure what we're doing that yet, but um, we're working on them right now. We, we that's something about us. We like never stop. Working even when we're done. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I got because I I know uh, it's a good place to be. After yeah. after you guys released the self titled, it wasn't too long after that that uh, Matthew was telling me you guys were working on more stuff, which I was pumped for because I love the the self titled. I you, man. I remember getting that before before I even started on the artwork for you yeah. guys. Matthew had given me all the the MP3s and I was like, this is the shit. When can I start this artwork? And yeah. um, there was a little bit of a hold, and then you know, obviously, By eventually, the way, dove in. I have to give you a very 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 big personal thank you for the artwork of that yeah that was an interesting little man. yeah that was very interesting yeah it almost was something completely different it was <laughs> i just want to say thank you yeah no no you problem man it. i had a blast with that you, you took the idea of what we wanted and just killed it like you yeah made that which was really, really great. yeah that's definitely the most challenging part of my job is dancing that line between you know because sometimes a band will be like bro, whatever you want to do and I'll do whatever I want and they like it. Cool. But then the other end of that sometimes will be, Hey, we want this idea and it's a badass idea and it's going to work perfectly on like a, in a graphic way. So then I execute it. They're happy with it. I'm happy with it. Cool. That's very rare. The more common one is similar to what happened with you guys where it's like, we got these photos, we kind of have an idea, but just logistically when, when the rubber meets the road, we don't know how it's going to turn out and, and, uh, you know, do your best and show it to us. So I did. And then I think all of us, you guys, including and me, uh, I'm just like, something's just not working. Like the lighting is a little off or like the for, for and for those that are obviously out of the loop, the the artwork was initially going to be you guys had done a photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, you guys had like a model and then it was and, and you that. guys were some of the arms, right? Yeah, just, yeah, we did it ourselves. Like we had the all these like blacked out like demon looking um, arms like kind of like going at her yeah. she was like looking up kind of thing mm-hmm. and then like i remember like the 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 logo was just like a normal like bayless font mm-hmm. palisades in yellow right 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 and it was just like it, like the idea was there 
And when you saw it, I'm just so glad that you like saw the vision through it. Like, yeah, I literally when I got that, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. He's like, yeah. Alan, you're like the producer of design. Yeah, that's, like, that's you, sort you of how I feel. Some yeah. ideas and he'll, he'll just produce you. But that's you know, incredible. Make it better. Like, you know what I mean? And I do see that similarity where you will. Um, I was just actually literally part of the reason I was late to the um, podcast studio today was uh, right before I left. Uh, Tyler Carter needed some stuff for his uh, for his single that's uh that's coming out soon and his idea we just we didn't have a lot of time it needed to be submitted today and he had this idea that was going to take a little more time than what i had available but i still wanted to like hit as close to what he wanted as possible but do it so i almost similar to what james is saying i had to be the producer and like strip it down and kind of navigate it to where like this is what you want totally here's kind of a happy medium and that's really it's it's all about making sure the artist is happy and that I'm happy, Absolutely. the management's happy. Like it's a, it's a tough gig, but if you, you can, so many people happy. You know, it's I mean? tough. Yeah, and I, I I'm also a graphic designer as well, so I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, in every aspect of that word. Where do I find you on uh, Instagram here, Lou? Uh, myself. Yeah, uh, it's just at Lou Micelli got Junior. Yeah, there you go. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but dude, yeah, I mean, and that's, you know what the problem was last time? And we, this is on our fault. Like we were kind of really inexperienced with this. Like our manager now, like, you know, he, he, he's such a great manager. Um, his name's Brian Schechter. Uh, he literally just instills upon us that like, you need to be prepared for everything. Yeah. So this time with the artwork, what we did was we, we had like a bunch of different ideas. We wanted to name the album something different originally. But uh, we made a 80-page mood board. Okay. Oh, wow. Dude, it was a grueling process. Yeah, to that's make. massive. Jesus. But it was like we wanted it to be perfect. And we originally were like had like 20, and then Brian was like, nope, not enough. Is he okay. a solo guy, or is he part of a company? Uh, he, has a, he has a company called Riot Squad Management. Um, cool. uh, yeah, he actually was. Oh, um, how many, he's got like a handful of bands, right? Uh, right now we're the priority. Um, he actually used to manage My Chemical Romance. Why do I know that name? What's his name? Brian Schechter. Yeah. He uh, he was he was off the scene for a little bit um, for a while, but now he's back in. Full I am sure that's why, because of My Chemical. Yeah, he. They he were was, kind of a big band. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, kind of a big but band. It, it it the uh, so we made this mood board right, and um, and at first like we didn't really know what we wanted to do with it. Like I had a long time ago. Before this album was even written, I found this picture of the snake, right? And I loved it. And I made it like this, like, I put like this, like, mask on it that made it like purple, orange hue across the whole thing. It was like the skeleton mm-hmm. snake, right? Mm-hmm. And forever, like, that was like the idea that we, we wanted for it, right? And then, um, and everybody loved it. Like, Brian, everybody was like, this is sick, this is sick, this is sick. As we went to record the album, originally I wanted to name the album Shed My Skin. Oh, okay. Uh, because that's what I really wanted. That because you know skeleton and all that stuff, and I felt like it, it was accomplishing. But as the album became this living, breathing thing, the title of it didn't really make as much sense as what we wanted to do, and we felt more connected with one of the other songs, um, "Erase the Pain." And it actually became like this. I'm I'm saying this because it ties into the artwork. So it uh, it came this like concept in a way, but unintentionally. Like we noticed that all the songs that we were writing were really painful songs. Like they were songs about, you know, suicide and depression and like all the stuff that we were going through. Like, you know, our song Fade, we wrote about 
a, a super close friend of ours that wanted to kill himself. And, uh, you know, I wrote it from his perspective of speaking about how he probably felt like, you know, me giving him advice, like, come on, man, like, you have so much more to live for. And him just, like, you know, not getting it or, you know, the, him just being so deep that he couldn't even understand it. And those those lyrics were prominent through the whole album, just, just like, this painful experiences that we all go through. Like, there's stuff about, like, not feeling like, you're good enough or not feeling like you fit in or you know these these you know a lot of that darkness on this album is really yeah. dark and uh the last song on the album was shed my skin and shed my skin was the song that kind of i wanted it to be last because it was the song that said like no matter how much you go through you can always start again and as we started talking about the artwork for the album we came across this picture of the Ouroboros, right? Right. And the Ouroboros, if you don't know what it is, it's a, it's a snake eating itself in a right, circle, right. right? And that symbolizes <coughs> infinity. So and dope. Never ending, right? Yeah. And, I, we, and immediately, like, we were like, oh my God, this is it, right? And I thought that was so cool because this whole album's talking about pain, wanting to get rid of this pain. And, and, and that's why we chose the name and erase the pain. And the artwork that we sent over this movie board, we wanted it to reflect that. Like the Ouroboros, everyone's going to have pain in life. You're always going to go through this cycle, and it's never going to end. Unfortunately, bad things will always happen, okay? But just because those bad things happen to you doesn't mean that you're like a prisoner to your past. You can, like a snake, shed your skin right. and start again this new life. And that's There's that whole thing that um, maybe it's a Buddhist thing, but how, that suffering is is an option. <laughs> I know that's really hard to hear when you're the one dying of cancer, and it's like, yeah, that's really easy for you to say, bro. But yeah, of course. Right, yeah, there's levels to it, like everything, though. I think, no, me and you talked about that once. Yeah, it was like, tragedy is that's not an is. option, but suffering is, something yeah. like that. It's all about how, that's you, what it is. how you take the pain and And deal technically, with it. that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technically it's, it's, a, it's a, yeah it's 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 super hard yeah. it's you got to master your mind in order to to make that be the case in your life and that is the very difficult part but especially for someone like me who's like paranoid about everything right so, you know. so let me ask you so with an album that like you know actually covers some intense stuff yeah and, and dark things what's like what what do you guys want as a band like what's what do you want your audience to experience? Like, you know, some band, Real Big Fish, right? Sure. Because you brought them up. That's yeah. like a feel-goody ska band, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Some bands just want to have a loosey-goose time and yeah. party. What do you guys want people to do? Do you want them to experience that with you, or do you want people to show up and drink and have fun? Or, like, what's, I you think, know? I think our band has gone through... We get this question a lot when we get interviewed, and our band, I put... Uh, Palisades is like a person, Right. So when we were in our like elementary school days or middle school days, we wrote our EP. Really safe. Didn't really know what we were doing. Right. Five songs. Kind of just getting into like the scene. Just trying. Right. Excuse <coughs> just me. making noise. Right oh, me too. Uh, yeah, just making noise. Then we recorded Outcast. Outcast was like, you know, kind of like getting into being a teenager. Uh, you're not really sure. You're a little angsty. Honing it in. Yeah, a little angsty, right? Um, you know, and just trying to figure out that state in the scene and then mind games which is like this electronic yeah, i was gonna say that's the one i heard that's like mo- that's yeah. like our like late teens party album like that was like when you're you're in college or right out of high school and you're just you just want to party and yeah that was like what that album represented and then after you get out of that age you become like 
23, 24, you mature and, and life means more to you and like things matter more. Your family matters more. Your relationships matter more. Yep. Your job matters You've more. You've had more tragedy. Exactly. Yeah. You go through so many more yeah. adult things that maybe you're not really capable of handling at the moment because you just got you just got thrown into this world. And that's what the self-title represented for us. And now with this album, it's kind of touching, growing from that. And it's kind of just... This is more of like the therapy of dealing with all those things that have happened to you in, in your life. You know, so the one thing that I want from our fan base and our fans or anyone listening to us is just to feel like they're connected to it. Like my favorite bands growing up were not bands that made me feel good. They're bands that yeah, made me feel challenged like, you. Yeah. And yeah. They, they made me feel like, oh, shit, this famous guy in a band is going through the same thing I'm going through. Like who are some of those bands? Like Take Mech Sunday was a huge one for me. Um Reliant K, uh, uh, Starting Line. I was a big Drive Through Records fan. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like all of those kind of bands growing up. You know, cool. Early November. Yeah. Um, Saves a Day. All those kind of bands like Death Cab. Um, the the really sad shit. Yeah. Is what made they're they're like feel. the beginning of emo. Oh you yeah, know? absolutely. Like real emo. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not the genre emo, but I mean emotional music. Yeah, totally. And that's what I, like Jimmy World. Yeah, Jimmy World is taking back something. Yeah. Dude, uh, Early Jimmy World's like some the, of the cool shit the ever, middle, dude. The, when I was in high school, oh. and, and uh, dude, I was like bullied really poignant bad. fucking shit, man. Dude, the middle, I know. that song made me feel like me too. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck like, yeah. I'm not alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I want kids to realize. And I love I love your uh, example that your band is like a person. Yeah. Meaning like it's dynamic. Thank you, man. You're everything. Yeah. It's you know, like, it's like I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm yeah, hopeful, I'm totally. regretful. And, and there's different stages. Like, dude, none of us are the same person we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But why would people expect bands to be any different? Exactly. Isn't it fucking cr- Like, it always bums me out. Even people that I respect a lot and, like, close friends of mine, they're also music people. They still get in the trap of, like, I don't know. Like, I just wish Deftones would just do fucking around the fur you know, forever. Oh, yeah. Like, I hate why that would shit. you expect someone who is in their 40s yeah. to do the music they did when they were 16? Are you fucking insane? Are you still wearing, like, like girl pants from American yeah. Eagle? Like, yeah. what? No, we've evolved. We have skinny jeans in the guy section now. <laughs> now, it's fair to not like the yeah. new Deftones, or it's Absolutely. fair to not like the new whatever yeah. tool. Like, that's an example of a band Dude, that, like, challenges you, right? The, bring, I don't know if you heard the new Bring Me Sound that came out, like, yesterday. We were talking about this a little bit. Who? Bring Me The Horizon. No, They I just haven't. put out a new... They put out three new songs for the new album. And the first one was, like, kind of like That's the Spirit, the last album, which was fine, which is... I mean, I, I'm a huge Bring Me fan, so I think they're I think they're one of the bands. Good that, example of a band that has grown yeah, a lot, too. I think they're, in my opinion, one of the best bands doing it right. They're so fucking yeah. big. Yeah, and... And then they have the, that song "Wonderful Life," mm-hmm. and that was a little bit that was actually going to be like a Limp Biscuit song, right? That they wrote for Fred Durst and never showed up. And oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. Jordan and Ollie were supposed to produce the next Limp, Limp Biscuit, record. Oh shit! I mean that that may still be happening, but yeah, yeah. I didn't um, know that. That's but, insane. But then this new one just came out yesterday. Medicine. It's a straight pop song. It's a pop song, and a lot of people were like, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but like I saw comments where people were like. If 2006 Bring Me the Rise, I could see this now, yeah. what would they think? And it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, well, people think that bands belong to them. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. Art doesn't belong to you. I can't. It's Im- not yours. I can't imagine being, you know, 15, 16, commenting on Taking Back Sunday's what? page, being I know. like, dude, fuck you guys. You sold out. Like, I would have never have done that. 
Well, I mean, people no. need to start viewing. I think the healthiest way to view bands is a lot like people enjoy the moments you have with yes. them. Yes, just like a relationship. Yes, like if if you're in love with somebody, everything's yep. cool. Five years in, you guys break up, you get divorced, whatever. Mm-hmm. You you still have those moments, but you can't sit there and be like, hey. Things are good right now. Stay this way forever. That's right. This band gave you everything that they could give you. Yep. And Maybe you know, it's over. And that's super unfair of people to to judge a band that way or music or anything like that. Like it's like that band gave you something. The band gave you a moment yes. that defined your teenage years, your 15, 16, 17, 18 year old. Like for me, Taking Back Sunday defined me when I was 16. That was that's my 16 year old, 17 year old memory of my life. Yeah, that right. Was my first warp tour I went to. Right. I uh, I went up. Uh, I worked at a pizzeria in Florida forever. That was like family owned, and there was a woman there. And her. You're son, an East Coast guy, yeah, like all yeah, through and through. All right? through yeah. and through. Yeah. yeah. From New York to Jersey to Florida, I was nice. All that, and um, I worked with uh, a woman named Freddie, and her son was actually the tour manager of. Take Back Sunday. Oh wow! Romance, How cool! Like five and all these other bands. What a cool thing for you to Midtown. Yeah. And I was just starting a little local band at the time. So that was, was like, like the coolest thing in the world oh to God. you. Dude, yeah. He came to our practice and like <laughs> listened to us play, and it was so shitty. Like, <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. Was he at least nice and oh, cool? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Dude, he was so nice. He brought me to my first world tour. Wow. And he brought me. On you know, this last this year was the last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm we, sure you know. We played in fifteen, uh, but they're bringing it back though as like festivals though. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, um, God, I hope that's good. God yeah. damn it. Please be good. I think they said yeah. it's going to be like East Coast, West Coast, and then Cleveland. Yeah. So, and then it'll be a week run, and then it's just going to be a tour again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. God bless Kevin Lyman, though. Man, that's hard work. But, oh, uh, fuck yeah. But, uh, it, but he brought me to this is actually a pretty crazy story, full circle. So, he brought me to my first warp tour, was on Tim McSunday's bus, on stage with him while they played, was on Cloud Nine, 16 year old me wearing a Volcom Stone shirt, fucking baggy pants, like. Didn't know what mm-hmm. I was doing yet, but from that moment when I was on stage watching Take My Sunday, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I want to do. It's real, man. It's, and then, we'll flash forward, 2015 Warp Tour, we're finally playing, um, and we're on uh, one of the bigger stages, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking around the back, and who do I see walking around in San Diego? Jeff, the same guy that brought me to my first Warp oh, Tour. Oh, no shit. Who's like, dude, it's Lou? Like and I'm like, opposite Jeff, corners of the yeah, country, dude. And well, he lived there. Uh, he lives there now. Mm. Um, but and his mom still lived. He's he was from Jersey originally, right? And his mom moved to Florida. The whole thing. Anyway, uh, I ran into him. He's like, dude, Lou. And I'm like, Jeff. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, dude, I'm playing. He goes, no shit. Full fucking circle. Huh? Full yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's circle. crazy. That's the best thing ever. And that was like one of the moments that I was kids like, all grown's up. Yeah, it was it was cool, man. And now you know it's we're doing like, festivals with like Deftones and like. We're doing Carolina Rebellion, Welcome to Rockville. You know, we did Download Fest, Ready in Leeds. And are you happy with how things are going? Absolutely, man. Our band was uh Like what do you want? I mean, not to interrupt you, what do you want for the I mean, you know, what do you guys want? Like, do you want to keep getting as big as you can? Do you want the my my chemical romance? Yeah, I mean I think that's huge every, stadium tours and I think that's what every band unless you're like you'd be surprised how many people don't answer yeah, that guess, question I guess, well i guess you know what that's true though because howard i think everyone actually wants that but people will lie and be like well you know we're just fucking cool with what we got and like you know nah, fuck that like, <laughs> no, i want to play in front of as many people it's, as possible it's not even about that for me it's like i want to connect with this yeah i want to reach possible. that's want, why you got into it right i want to do what chester bennington did for me wow yeah like i want to heal. what did he do for you Dude, he fucking saved our band's lives. Like, and I know that's such a corny thing to say because, like, you know, you ultimately save your own life and stuff. But, like, 
you know, I mentioned the the emo bands I listen to, of course, because yeah. that's what started me out. But like Linkin Park, man, you know, it, I I dare you to f- try to find someone in music right now that doesn't you know count them as their influence in some way. Oh, shape, dude, um, <laughs> we used to have a guy that helped us with the show. He's one of my best friends, the podcast, and uh, we had a <laughs> we had like a real time moment on the show where we both straight up admitted that we actually really liked that band, <laughs> but we'd always pretend that we didn't around other people, like the fucking rap core, like, because, you yeah. know, I'm a little bit older than you, sure. so growing up, that was like, for a while, Lincoln, or, uh, yeah, Lincoln, they were like, kind of a band you'd make fun of, and like, right. put it in the category of like, Limp Bizkit and Shitty Corn, and... Isn't that weird, though? But then, like, enough time goes by, and you're like, wait, no, they're, they're like an actual rock band. Dude, and they were like... I don't like everything they did, but like, they're real. So it's real, dude. It's fucking real shit. Well, I remember I had that moment. Super too. successful too. When, when, when Green Day and because Blink One Eighty Two was the first album I ever got. Like, yeah, okay, uh, what album? Uh, it was Dude Ranch, I think, or it was Dookie? Adam of the State. I remember. Mm. Excuse me. Um, and I remember like that was my like that Good Charlotte, um, Some Forty One, yeah. Green Day, all that was like my first thing. But then I got into like. Emo. And then like and then like Blink when you do like wasn't cool anymore. Because if you weren't listening to like brand new Take Back Sunday or Dashboard or something like that, like or the used or something like dark and emo. You're just a kid. Exactly. Right. right? Um but for me, like Lincoln Park, um, dude, think about this though. They did it. They made the pop world, the hip hop world, the rock world. That's it, dude. If if you so we had a guy on the show named Finn McKenty. If you don't know who Finn is, check him out. He does a YouTube show uh, called the Punk Rock MBA. Okay. And he basically, his whole thing is like an analysis on music and bands and how that correlates with entrepreneurship and like actually being a businessman and taking it seriously. And anyway, what I was going to say is like, you have to give props to Linkin Park Dude, for that. Absolutely. That part alone, whether you like their music or not, is irrelevant. Dude, what, what they did like business-wise and the reach and that they fucking collabed with J fucking Z. And that album like, is one of the coolest albums ever. Yeah. Because it was so pure and it was just like... It's all like the same dudes too. I don't think they even had any lineup no, they, changes. They like any line. The only lineup changes super that ever loyal. was before Chester, but they weren't even the same band. But it didn't, even, it didn't matter. Right, right yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And like that, they had the same So memory. rad. And the craziest thing is that like, dude, like you never, you never realize until he's gone or they're gone. This dude was battling some real fucking demons. Real shit. Yeah. Like, you go through a lot of those interviews and you're like, oh, there it is. And not only that, oh, like, there it the was. lyrics, dude. Like the, just the yeah. lyrics he was talking I about. I know. Dark. Yeah, man. I and know. It, it kills you. And so, like, for me, I just want to help people. I want, you know, and we have so many times people come to our shows and be like, you know, like, your song saved me. Or, like, you know, we had this one kid saying, like, I was going to kill myself. That's super fucking powerful, man. Yeah. yeah. And I just want, I want, you know, if anyone's listening to this, our, our friends, like, like you're the reason why you stayed here. But I'm glad that I could help you. you yeah. Know, we're glad that we could help you. And, like, that song, Fade, that I told you that we wrote about um, a friend that wanted to kill himself. That song has been one of the most well-received songs in the album because people, not even fans, but friends of mine have been like, yo, dude, like, I like cried listening to the song because mm. I felt like that before. I felt like I just want to throw it all away. And I t- actually just saw my friend that I wrote the song about at New Year's recently. And he, and he was like, I pulled him aside. I'm like, dude, I want to, because he's doing so well right now. Did he know it was about him? Yeah, he does. And um, 
we had an emotional moment where I told him that previously, but I want to tell him, I was like, dude, your song, the song that we wrote, like, you're connecting with people. So, like, as alone as you ever thought you were, to all you have to do is go online and see that you're not. Whoa. You know, and he just, like, started. That's crazy, I mean, we were all drunk, but, you know, we were yeah. crying and stuff. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's like, that's what I want, man, because, dude, you only have one life. And don't get me wrong. I love party music. I love Migos. Sure. Like, I love Drake. Like, I'm down to have a good time. And I love that kind of music. I love pop music. Um, you know? But, look, man, I, again, back to, like, the thing we're talking with Black Mirror. You, we all have these choices and things we do. Totally. But I think just by meeting you in the past hour, yeah. the true you and the whole purpose of what you're doing is what you're doing. Like, the yeah. whole purpose of what you should be doing is what you are doing. Yeah. Thanks, and man. I don't think that, like, party music and all that other stuff, it's great. And But that's for someone else's destiny. Sure. I think that's someone else's path. Totally. And, and, and not to discredit that, because I think that part of music is totally necessary. In of course. And, and again, because you're a person and you're diverse, yeah. you'll have moments where you're going to do that. Yeah, and totally. maybe the band will go back to that. Yeah. As you get older, maybe in your 30s, maybe. you're like, hey, we just want to fucking write fun music. Maybe. And like, maybe I do a solo Because that's where you're at. Five years, and that's what it is. You know? Yeah, you're, exactly. But, but uh, right now, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I, I just, you know. I and think, it's making an impact. So that's really cool. Man. And the cool thing, though, is that we've been kind of thrown into this whole, like, rock radio world lately you know shout out to like octane has been incredible ride that us. wave man dude it's been ride great. it and the look at lincoln park yeah well, right here's the crazy thing i don't know if you guys know this or not but like we did a tour with um jonathan davis re- recently from oh Florida, wow right you how know, was that incredible like it, the dude's a legend super nice guy brings Fortnite into his room oh cool day, plays yeah yeah gamer. he's a big sober guy so he's yeah, just he's like just yeah cool um drummer uh from corn was uh there as well he actually got our drummer aaron um a pro endorsement. Okay, like so help him out with that. Do you like that guy, uh, Alan? Uh, I was just going to say, is it... The not, current one. The current. Yeah. So Ray Mayorga. Yeah, Ray, yeah. 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 A little goofy with the mascara and shit. We well, lie. I was going to say, but, um, if it was David Silveria, the OG guy, I was going to ask, is he, is he still hot? Because he was like a fucking... <laughs> yeah, super, he's like a he model. He was a model. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like legit, no, it's normal. Ray. And Ray's... Ray's not a bad looking guy either. He's but. just a dad. Yeah, yeah. He's just a dude. Well, he was like a pro session drummer most of his life. Yeah, he's killer. Just got this killer gig playing... Jonathan Davis music is very like world music. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, very it's kind of a hippie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, you really see all the musicianship come out and all the musicians that he had hired for his Oh, band. how fun. Like, it was, like, That's dope. He had dope. a guy playing the sitar, violin. What size Damn. venues is that? Uh, I wonder. It's about like, uh, anywhere from 1,000 cap to... 1500 cap. Dude, what a great tour for you yeah, guys. It was, it was only us and him. Oh, Jesus Christ. Crazy. So you nuts. go on, there's like 900 people. Yeah, it was right? really cool. And Almost like, full, but not quite yet. Yeah, and he oh, man. Really a lot of respect. How long did you guys get to play? Mm, we did a 45 minute set. Perfect. God, yeah. that's like the best tour ever. I remember I got... I got get hit, done early. Yeah. Go back. <laughs> I got hit up to do uh, merch for him on that tour. And uh, in the little like brief, it was like, uh, yeah, we need, you know, two um, unisex designs for Jonathan Davis on tour, blah, blah, blah. And then it had said Palisades. I was like, oh, shit, that's all. And yeah. I, like, I work at Rise, didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, it, it that's was, how I found out. I was like, that's dope. fucking solid. It was a crazy one. And w- you know what's weird? We, I was talking to Jonathan on that tour, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, but like, you know, being in like the Warped Tour scene for so long and like that, I didn't even for a long time know that bands like that still even toured. I didn't know that Corn toured. I didn't know that like Disturbed still toured. Right. I didn't know this rock radio world was even existing. I thought the only rock music was what was going on when I was going on. But th- but they in the rock radio world thought the same thing. About right. It. They had no idea that bands like us existed. Yeah. They didn't know that Warped Tour was still going on. It's a big world. You know, but it's, it's kind of sad that like rock was like so like separated. You know what I mean? I like know. we didn't even know. But now, and I really, really want to give a credit to Octane about this. Like they are 
they are helping so many young rock bands be noticed by all the bigger rock bands and 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 you know the other way around too. Yeah, right. You know, it's it's revitalizing. Well, and you have to keep in mind that bands like all the D- the dynasty legacy bands you just named off, Corn, yeah. Disturbed, yeah. mm-hmm. those bands, <clears throat> they need they need the young blood as much not as much as you need them, but they do need your audience and your energy too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like totally. they want these new bands that are coming up. Like you guys have a buzz. Yeah. You're young guys. Yeah. You have a few records under your belt. You're like a veteran band, but to them, you're like the fresh new thing. Yeah. And they, they need that. And that's great. So that's, it goes both ways. And that's perfect though. It's like, all right. So I was touching on this before. I won't go too deep into details, but I think that, Rock music right now is in a very weird state of limbo, um, and it's it's getting strengthened by all these younger bands coming into it. But I think that like every band making music should do everything they possibly can to push the envelope, to push the envelope to make something that's as creative as you possibly can. That is not just your basic rock song, but it will help further our genre of music. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I, I want. I think it's totally possible, especially now you've seen hip hop. Because I, I listen to a lot of hip hop and I listen to a lot of like pop music and, and yeah, music. same. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and and you notice that a lot of it is literally taking this punk mentality, like mm-hmm. merch from every from you obviously mm-hmm. know merch designs. Yeah, um, you know the whole aesthetic, the fashion. In, in hip-hop songs, there's so many lead tars. Dude, uh, you know, like X and Kanye, like, put a song where he's just screaming the whole time. There's yeah. breakdowns in song. And it's like, that's coming. It's coming around now where guitar, everything's coming back. It's that pendulum of pop, hip-hop, rock, mm-hmm. pop, hip-hop, rock. And it goes in a circle. It goes in a circle. So I would love to see, like, a rapper like Post Malone, like I was saying before, put a cosign out, like, you know, like he, 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 uh, I've talked to Post before. Like, he's definitely a fan of our band. He's an incredible artist. You know, I would love to see someone to put a, put a band on a hip hop festival show. Cause if you look at I'm it, I'm surprised it hasn't happened because, more. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look at it, right, Travis Scott, who I love, right, he's making, everyone's doing mosh bits, like mosh bits at shows. Like, like, could you imagine if they, like, dude, I just saw a picture of, um, what's that kid's name? Lil Zanny. Oh, Lil Zan. Lil yeah. Zan, yeah. He had a, What's the name of that band? He was wearing Finn posted. It was a like a metal band. He was wearing a T-shirt of like a kind of an underground fucking hardcore band. Well, dude, oh, yeah, yeah I like think I saw that. Well, yeah. dude, like look at um, that's so rad. Uh, what's his, Zed was a drummer in a hardcore band. Yeah, oh like, crazy! You know, I didn't know that. Black, Post Malone was in a, a rock band. Post that's Malone how was Post Malone was supposed to be in Crown of the Empire. Yeah, he auditioned. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it's crazy. So that I mean, again, it's just like you can just fucking go well, either even, way. Even me, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with the artist Black Bear. Yeah. Um, you know Black Bear. Yep. Black Bear is like one of the biggest like SoundCloud R and B hip hop guys right now. Nice. I grew up with him. He's from my hometown in Florida, and we went to high school together. We were both in scene bands together at the same time. He did a feature on one of our songs. To be the change you want to see, go that, collab with him, dude, man. Well, we did. We did a song with him before. That like I would love to do that stuff. In the future. That's what I loved about uh, uh, Chino from Deftones, dude. Like he he they just to fucking took the hip hop world with them. Totally. You know, right? like like I loved that. I, everyone, everyone always says red. that I look like Chino. You do like, look like Chino. <laughs> everyone says, I, I was thinking that earlier. Everyone, especially on stage, like my my. I, I, but this is totally unintentional. Like, um, I love Deftones, but I definitely got into Deftones like later on in yeah. my life. Um, but like, I guess the way I move on stage and how I my voice sounds and like when I scream oh, wow. and stuff That's like so that. That's so cool. 
uh, especially like on like the newer stuff that we're doing. Like I was like, dude, you just sound just like, you're, you're like Chino Junior. <laughs> and I and I want to take a picture of them. And be like, Dad, Damn. Like, dude, you, know you I mean? should. Hey, I was thinking, uh, let's go. I need to take a. Piss I was just gonna say I didn't want to kill the party, but I I keeping my eye on the the clock. For yeah, now. yeah, that's right. Yeah, what time? It's uh six forty. Oh yeah, I definitely have so, to get my girlfriend soon. Yeah, so I was say I'll throw uh the airport into Google Maps, see what it is, because it might be around depending on traffic. It might be about twenty minutes. Yeah, well she works at. Uh, what time do you need to pick her up? Where's my phone? Seven. I could text her really quick and just make sure because I need her address anyway she works uh, so she works for like Urban Decay so she works oh, okay, at yeah. Ultas and stuff like that so. whenever you need to go cool but I was going to say just a quick like two minute break and then we're going to come back and do some current events yeah do that movie trailer yeah lighten it up just do goofy shit we can talk yeah. about comics and dork shit for a while yeah cool Um, but yeah leave whenever you need to sounds good okay Welcome back to the show. That was our official piss break, and our dear, dear friend and guest Lou had to take off. He had places to be, um, but we thank him for being here as long as he was. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, really cool fucking guy. God. And for the audience, uh, that was the first time I, I met him. Like, literally, he walks in two minutes later where we are recording. Yep. So, yeah, super cool guy. He randomly came to uh, the Rise office today and then the team went out with him to get lunch and i was like hey we don't yeah we don't have a guest for the podcast it's the benefit of where you work man yeah that is awesome it was really nice because we rescheduled this day twice yeah twice so perfecto super nice guy uh everyone go support that band it's uh we are palisades yep yeah they're uh palisades on instagram their album erase the pain came out uh december 28th it's it's sick, honestly. Like I've listened to the whole record several times. Super catchy. And you really did well their done. artwork too. I didn't do the artwork for this one. No, nice. but uh, art is still. Uh, it's still sick. Yeah, album's great. Yeah, man. Sounds like their recording experience was really cool too. It's yeah, I mean that's that was always my dream. Like I, I wanted to go somewhere where, you know, I got my dick kicked in and yeah, really pushed and it was rough. But then you know you leave having taken a couple bullets, but. That's that's oh it's almost more fun that way. I think so. You don't want to leave like doing cartwheels and skipping and shit because it probably means that your performance wasn't. You weren't challenged at all. Yeah, <laughs> you got to get out there and learn. Yeah, 
you are not perfect despite what every band thinks. I mean, the, the studio in general is of such a humbling place. Yep. It's, you know, every, and if it's not, you're not doing it right. Yeah. As a drummer, I learned that most drummers sound killer in a garage somewhere when everyone's been drinking a couple beers and yeah. but then you get into that, that microscope, you know, oh, you get yeah. under that microscope and you're just like, my timing is just barely off. And uh, all of a sudden playing to a click track, the song's faster than I thought it was. Yeah. And that too. Yes. yes real yes, shit. Yes. Let's uh, talk about some current events. Yeah. Do some worldly, worldly topics. Absolutely. So this Louis CK thing, he, uh, came back giving uh, comedy a shot, which I mean, who the fuck is surprised about that? You know, he's he's trying to get back to what he. Yeah, and again, this is not actually his first time out. No, since all that shit went down. No, it's the, it's the first set that's been leaked. I mean, the whole fucking set too. That yeah. Before we get into the whole thing, that's that's just one thing I want to say up front. Whether you find this joke that a lot of people found offensive or not, or whatever, the thing that uh, uh, Santino Andrew Santino pointed out, mm-hmm. and I totally align with his views on this. It's so not fair <laughs> to record and then publish a stand-up comics uh, set, especially when they're just trying shit out. Yeah. There, that's, there's a reason he went to some small, dingy, dark club where, you know, when he went there. That's why he went there. He didn't, he didn't do a special. This wasn't a big stadium tour. Like, this, comics go to be, and it's, it's a performance between the performer and you in the audience. No one else. Yeah. It's not meant for you. It's not meant for YouTube. It's not yeah. meant to be spliced and put out of context. And stand-up comedy is like, the thing that in order to practice, you fucking need people. You need people. What, are you going to stand in your room like a psycho and line up a bunch of stuffed animals? No, you're not going to know how the jokes work. No, you're not going to be scared enough either. You need you need to feel the judgment Ugh. of people. you got to go work it out. And while you're doing that, somebody grabs it and goes, I'm going to I'm gonna fucking air this as though this is your finished product. Right. Because for all they know, Louis C.K. was going to drive home that night and go, I don't know, man, that whole Parkland shooting right, joke, right. Like, Just that didn't, didn't feel right. I don't think I'm going to do that again. Yep. But now this lady or this dude has posted it, and it's like, oh, he totally stands behind this joke. It's his favorite yes. joke ever. And he was so serious, you see. Yeah. It's like, he's a fucking comic. Yep. So anyway, let's, uh, let's play the clip. I think you okay. hopefully... I think that was the clip you had ready. <laughs> what the fuck is it? It's never done that. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, fucker. The thingy thing. Fuck, fuck, fucker. Fuck this, fuck. this is probably the best audio. So I'm a little disappointed in the younger generation, honestly, because I'm 51 years old, and when I was like 18 to my 20s, I mean, we were idiots. We were getting high, doing mushrooms and shit and then older people were like you gotta get your shit together and we were like yeah f- you and i was kind of excited to be in my 50s and see people in their 20s and be like they're crazy these kids are nuts but they're not they're f-ing-ing. they're just boring and telling them you shouldn't say that what the f- what are you an old lady what the f- are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's not appropriate you're a child. I don't know. They testify in front of Congress, these kids. Like, what the f- What are you doing? You're young. You should be crazy. You should be unhinged. Not in a suit saying, I'm here to tell f- you. Not interesting. Because you went to a high school where kids got shot. Why does that mean I have to listen to you? How does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kid in the way. And now I got to listen to you talking? 
Dude. I mean, that's fucking gold. That's fucking, that's a great joke. And it's such a great point. It's such a good point. I mean, look, like uh, I've heard other people argue the same point. Tragedy does not make you a a uh, specialist in something. Tragedy does not make you an expert in something, right? Right. Like these kids who want all these gun marks and stuff. I'm not saying they shouldn't or they should or whatever, but it doesn't make them an expert on gun legislation all of a sudden. Right, or or even broader that, than that. Huh? It, d- it doesn't make you infallible as a person. No. Like you are now, you have been ordained as this special... Right. You have this halo over you because you went through something rough. People go through rough shit all, all the, the time. time. Two things can exist at the same time. Multiple things can exist at the same time. Yeah. You, like, can, be, you can be compassionate and feel bad for those kids. What they went through is fucking horrific. What a nightmare. Yeah. No one would, anyone in their right mind wouldn't argue that. But what you can argue is that, like you just said, they're not, what was the word you, infallible? Infallible. Yeah, they're, that's, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And they're also, believe it or not, they're fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're 16, 17 I think we're children. also looking at just the, and, and this Ugh. is the most frustrating for me because I think you have to, you have to have lower intelligence in order for this to be the case for you. But there's a shock factor. I think that he talked about a school shooting. Yes. He or not even that. He referenced one as a part of his joke. That's all he said. That's the whole point. But it's just like if you went up there and talked about uh you just you Auschwitz s- or Yeah, you say the word Nazi or right. you everyone's right. gonna pull back just a little bit because just the, those sounds coming out of your mouth mean something and it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Now is what he said. Uh, deplorable? No. no, he just referenced some shit that is deplorable, and that you know what's the, there's nothing wrong with what that. is deplorable is not being in a comedy club, not being a comedian, going up to some random uh, Parkland victim and saying, "You're a fucking jerk, and you have no right to be sad." That's right. a deplorable thing to do. Yes, that's not what he did. Mm-hmm. He's a professional comedian, it, and again, if you like the joke or you don't, cool, but. I don't know. People are like, what the... F-? You know what's funny is they're doing... Now people are reacting to that joke exactly the way that he's talking about. Like, that's the, his yeah. point of the joke. Yep. Is that young people today are fucking pussies. You're, you're making they're his joke... They're a bunch of babies. You're, you're making his joke true as shit. True as shit. Yeah. It's... uh, oh, It's fuck. It's, it's exhausting. It's so... Fucking babies. It, it's just... It's a little embarrassing. And then all the people like Judd Apatow. Did you see that part of it? I actually didn't. No. I, I heard that Judd Apatow had some sort of a uh, response, but... Yeah, I'll get his response. It... To be honest with you, it really pissed me off. It's just so easy to pile on right now, too. Like, yeah. he is... Louis C.K. is a safe target. Yeah, like, real brave of you, bro. Yeah. Real brave. Okay, so... So after that, he gets on Twitter and says, this is from Judd Apatow, the writer-director, guy that did Knocked Up, all those movies that we all love. He says, this hacky, unfunny, shallow routine is just a symptom of how people are afraid to feel empathy. Um, It's much easier to laugh at our most vulnerable than to look at their pain directly and show them love and concern. Louis C.K. is all fear and bitterness now. He can't look inward. That's coming from a... Con- Lu- Could you fucking what? imagine if Louis C.K. got on stage, did no jokes, and instead just talked about how much empathy he feels? Is for these that people? what... Yeah, is that what stand-up is supposed Bro, to be now? Bro, you would get booed off the stage. You are there uh, to be funny. 
You're not there to fucking talk about how touched you are by victims. By the way, Judd Apatow is a fellow comic. He's all he started in stand up. He that's how he got in this thing. When he was 16, he used to interview stand ups. You know yeah, that? Like, yeah. yeah. So he's like a stand up fan. Yes. Does stand up? He did the fucking uh, what's the the Larry Sanders show yes. sh- documentary the, thing uh, he did? Yeah. On um, La- uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Um, he was on the Paul Provenza show where they passed uh, away. Green Room or whatever. Was it Larry Sanders with the show? Right. Mm-hmm. Larry Sanders show. What the fuck's that guy's name? I, I don't know why I'm blanking on it, too. Uh, it's Gary, Gary Shandling. Yeah, okay. Gary I Shandling. knew it was Gary. I couldn't remember the last name. Yeah, they were like really close friends. Judd Apatow does a documentary on that guy after he passes away. The point is like the net, you can't eat your own. You can't turn on your own. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't at least because yeah. that shit comes back around, bro. Yeah. You think you're fucking perfect? It just, oh, I mean. It's just pandering to fucking ultra liberal. Pandering is pussy, the word for sure. Leftist fucking horse shit. That is extreme leftism right there for me that's that is so far from fucking from from balanced and and again like to louis ck's point in the joke by the way it's a joke but into his point is that it's like what he i think he says at one point what are you an old lady right like remember growing up for us my childhood the people that were like wanting censorship on cds and people that were worried about like porn and like that stuff Mm -hmm. were like the right. Yes. Ultra conservative, ultra right, ultra like a uh, Christian. That was what that was for me growing up and you I'm sure as well. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's actually becoming like the far left. The now that wants censorship and they want people to be in this one frame of mind and, you know, don't be offensive. And like, what's that one female comic? She put out that special. And it's, it's maybe the most unfunny thing I've ever heard. Uh, what is her fucking name? Where she she basically just attacks men and like that. Oh, fuck, that's a lot of female comics. Uh, what is her fucking name? Uh, it could be. Mm. I don't know. A lot of names are coming to mind. Yeah, I'll look it up. Well, uh, Isla Schlesinger. No, Tignataro. no, she's funny. She's funny. This okay. person is like she's British. Uh, uh, what is her name? Delia was talking about her too. Oh, she shit. basically rips on modern comedians. That like, you know, you can't do rape jokes. You can't do f- uh, anti-woman jokes. You can't do oh, you know, gender non-binary binary jokes. And like that there there is too far in, in comedy. And it's like, it's very serious. See it's if you can really find me that. I would love to know. While you're looking that up, I think a really fucking important point with this Louis C.K. shit is that he makes no judgment. All he says is that the, the younger generation now are basically what the older generation 20 years ago were and but he doesn't ever say and because of that they're all pieces of shit or because of mm-hmm. that they're all worse than than their parents were he doesn't he's literally just comparing he's he's making an observation and then it ends there but everybody's finishing the thought for him <laughs> yeah, and saying exactly. that he's that he's saying something super derogatory about these people specifically and he isn't no so the, the I found her. It's Hannah Gadsby. Haven't even heard of her. Hannah Gadsby. That's a picture of her. Oh, that's She's exactly, exactly what, what I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Super short hair. Yeah. Glasses. Yeah. It's uh, maybe the most unfunny thing I've ever heard. It's on Netflix. And, well, and it's always going to be because that is that is the antithesis of of comedy. 
is to yeah. is to fucking go against really anything or to censor yourself in any any way shape or form that's you cannot go on stage in an effort to be funny and then begin listing things people can't say in an effort to be funny yeah this person is kind of ripping on her um says quote comedians are fashioning themselves not as joke tellers but as truth tellers as intellectual and moral guides through the cultural debates of the moment ugh least I, funny sentence ever least funny sentence ever i thought maybe i'm fucking crazy here alan you know I don't correct think me so. if i'm wrong maybe uh check my privilege here but i thought comedy was supposed to make me laugh yeah am i uh off there like i mean that's that what? That is the ultimate argument because if I listen to this Louis C.K. shit and I laugh, then he is right. He did his job. Yep. That's it. Period. Because I guarantee you that, of course, I can't prove this, but I think that it is a very safe assumption that he went on stage to say some words that make people laugh. Yeah. I'm pretty positive that's what he did. Yeah. Only just because of his entire history of his life doing that. And I understand that other people believe that his career should be him getting on stage and being super sensitive and and having a lot of empathy for people. But that is not... That's not the point of a comic. That's not what a a stand-up comic does, nor is it what anybody would fucking... Any sane person would want. I'm not going to buy fucking tickets for... $25 tickets for J.B. Smoove at Helium in Portland and then have him go up on stage and be like, so there was a school shooting... I'm real heartbroken about it. Yep. Uh, also, I was thinking about 9-11. That was a tragedy. Um, I was thinking about uh, that other school shooting. That sucked. My mom died yesterday. You would be like, okay, dude, I'm leaving. This is fucking weird. Yes. I don't want to hear any of this shit. I came here to laugh, so I don't have to think about that shit. It's, it, yeah, it's fucking crazy. You man. can laugh about shit, and it can, it can still be considered a tragedy to you. I mean, I've been to a couple funerals where some jokes are cracked, about the motherfucker that's dead, that the funeral is for. Oh, yeah. And that is a beautiful it's relief. beautiful, man. Yeah. For the tragedy that everyone is experiencing Absolutely. at that exact moment. You know how you know you're wrong, you're off on those kind of jokes when no one laughs? Right. Right? And then that, that doesn't it. even mean that you're wrong. That just means they weren't ready, and that's cool, too. Yeah, that means they weren't ready, or your delivery wasn't whatever. It means that you didn't do it well. Yeah. Right? I mean, what the fuck are we even talking about? I've never had... I, I remember... Uh, I remember my aunt making a really funny joke, um, like, I don't know, a few weeks after my, my grandpa died, we had all done our crying. We had all done our, and my response to that was to laugh. It wasn't, yeah, that's right. Fuck him. It wasn't, I wasn't like, that's right. That piece of shit. I'm glad he's dead now so that we can all finally say what we feel. No, it was just, Hey, here's a joke. And it's an offer of relief. That's all because we've spent our weeks being bummed about shit. And here's the thing. A lot of those motherfuckers in the audience, they, I would assume, were not directly related to some of these victims. So they kind of have less of a right to be offended for the victims and for their families. Yes. That's like the grossest thing is like, hey, can I hold on to your tragedy? Let me hold on to it. Because then I've got this little fucking powerful glowing thing in my hand and I'm infallible. I can just, that's the grossest thing about people nowadays. Um, You know who Sam Tripoli is? Yeah. How do you spell his name? Sam Tripoli? Uh, Trip and then O-L-I. Because he responded to Judd Apatow's response, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. Let me see if I can find that. Um, that was forty-five minutes ago. Okay, so let's see where that would be. Uh, fill in the space, Alan. Let, let me find this. Yeah, no problem. I got some other shit rolling. Okay. 
I wonder if there's any more, uh, if it would make sense to even play a little more Louis C.K. shit. I'll see what else I got. Okay, I think I got it here. Okay, cool. Okay. So in response to what Judd, Ap- Judd Apatow said, Sam Tripoli, another stand-up comic for people who don't know, he says, I stand with Louis C.K. Judd, did you call out Lena Dunham when she admitted to molesting her sister or falsely accusing a man of sexual assault in college? No, of course not. If anyone knows Hacky, it's you. You used a cheat code to get on stage to be one of us. We won't forget this. Damn. So, whatever. That's worth to you. That's what Sam Tripoli said. Yeah. He has a point. Yeah, because Judd is like, uh, he's buddy-buddy with Lena Dunham, right? And she's... Yeah, he's, he's... She's creepy to me. Yeah, he's part of the uh, ultra-political correct, you know, uh, safe words, safe spaces. I mean, yeah, I, I can't help but wonder if that's because he has a wife and two daughters. You know, he's just fucking swimming in estrogen all day, every day for the last... Jesus, I know. I don't know, 20 years or what? I don't know how old he well, is. Well, just a bummer. This is a guy who is a professional comedian. Judd Apatow is really funny, and I love his movies. And... By the way, his movies are super fucking edgy. Maybe that's the problem. Is that like he is super a, bad and knocked up and like what? It might be that he is a professional comedian and not an authentic comedian. And it has to be. He now. is. He is a. I lost a ton of respect for him after that. Yeah, that's a too ton. bad. Yeah, because I'm I'm a fan as well. Like Me I, too. Huge fan. But here's the thing: just like Louis C.K., I'll still watch some Judd Apatow mm. shit. I know. I don't give a shit. Like Me too. And and I can't even say that they're the same thing. Like, and that's the other massive point I want to make. In case there's like female listeners that are like, they're just sitting here defending this dude that that jerked off in front of women. No, that's no. garbage. No, like that shouldn't happen. Well, what it is is mean you are capable of separating things. Right. Yeah. There is definitely that. What do people want? Do they want Louis C.K. to die? No, I'm not even kidding. Like, what do they want? Okay. Yeah, that's that. They, that they, is kind of the big question. Do I've they seen... want him to like what? Go to prison forever for life? The death sentence? I'm not even kidding. Like, what do people actually want to happen? Yeah, this is his vocation. It's what he was put on this earth to do. He's a comedian. He's yeah. been a comedian his entire life, and he elected to go away for a year. And he did. You know, he went dark as fuck, man. He didn't hear from the guy. Yeah, he steps out of the shadows. And it's not enough for anyone. Yeah. I when, mean, when will it be enough? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and it for some people, it for sure never will be. Just like there's some guys that, listen, I'm the biggest fucking animal lover on the face of the planet, but uh, I, I'm i down for Michael Vick to do what he's got to do. Play some football. I don't give a shit. He, That's right. He drowned and burned puppies. Like, I can't think of anything darker. Right. And worst. yet... He did his fucking time. Did his time. Now, isn't yeah. that that's the point of rehabilitation? You have to give that chance. Yep. Once the price is paid, it's also the part of a free society and culture. Yeah. If if you truly believe that someone like Louis C.K., if you disagree with him wholeheartedly, and you're disagreeing with what I'm saying, and what we're saying right now, and you want him to not be able to do stand-up comedy, then me and you don't align on what a free society is. Yeah. At all. Because you're you're telling me that you want to live in a society where the the mass get to the mob gets to decide what people can and can't do. What yeah. what should be the deciding factor is the market. If if you don't like Louis C.K., don't buy his ticket. Yep. D- you know, do something else. Go support another comic that you do believe in. 
you like their values, go to their store. That's a, that's that's how you win. That's how you beat Louis C.K. That's how you beat the people you don't like. Yeah, that's how you do it. That, yeah, that truly down, is. Put down the pitchfork and the torches, yeah, and go do your own thing. Be bigger. It's true because uh, it's still, not to interrupt, but that's the whole Gary Vaynerchuk thing. Like, yeah. if you want to build a big building, you don't knock someone else's building down. You just build a bigger building. I mean, if you think about it, it is pretty insane that anybody would spend their time instead of searching for what they like, standing outside the door of what they don't like. That's right. And just going, no, No. you know, and some would say that, uh, you know, growing up and letting Louis C.K. do whatever he's got to do. And if you don't like it, you move on. That's how we become a type one civilization. (laughs) That's right, man. You know, no shit. No, it, it actually is. And again, like uh, with people who, and you could take this as far as you want to take it, politics. If if you think, you know, um, say the most vile people, like ra- like genuinely racist, KKK, skinhead, Nazi fuckers. Yeah. If you're the type of person that thinks they don't have the right to uh, march, you know, they don't have the right to go down the street and yell horrific shit and, you know, swastikas and the whole thing. Um that's really fucking dangerous, man. Like even they, the, the reason you actually want them to be able to do that is so we can see them. You're right. That you want it to be in the open. Don't force them to go Don't, do it in the no, shadows. No. That's what Bin Laden does, man. That's what fucking crazy terrorist shit. That's what happens. Yep. They go hide in a cave. They hide in the fucking shadows and then, and then kaboom. No, you want them to feel like we can, we're part of this too. Burp, burp, and they can. Yeah. You want to be able to see him at Fred Meyer and, yeah. and be like, whoa, oh, I know I see you. you now. I see you. I now. saw you walking down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's how you can take him down. You see him. Yeah. No, anyway. that's, a, that's a really good point. Anyway. That's uh, it's shocking to me, actually. I, when I first heard that clip, I remember thinking like that was it. There, no, there has to be more. Yep. There has to be more to this story. I woke up one morning and just, I jammed the whole thing. I was listen, I was uh, washing dishes and just listened to, listening to it. And I was like, yo, he, the first thing I took from it was like, he's back. Like, yep. I love, that shit could have been in a special. Sounds like Luce K to That's me. That's just shit that he's working on. And I was like, I, I love know. this. I'm fully uh, going to take part in his, uh, and here's, here's something I thought about though. And th- this is where you start to like, you color it in a little bit more. You make it a little more convoluted is what if one of the women um, that uh, that he, he jerked off in front of, mm-hmm. what if one of them was your mother or your sister? You know, one, most likely, you're going to probably write him off a little bit more than you are now. And two, yeah, is, that, of course. is that fair? Is that crazy? Well, no, I you would write him off more. Yeah, because it's a little closer to home. Well, but that's why you do it, though. Because it's personal. Yes, it's not yeah. personal for me. Yeah. Um, no, exactly. I mean that that's very sane. Yep. And only in a non-free society should people expect your experience. This is me. My experience should be your experience. My life should reflect your life. Yeah. And because this happened to my mom, that this guy should not be able to make a living. This guy should be. You know what I'm saying? Like if and yeah. if and if you want to take. So what I would do, if he did that to my... I have three sisters and no brothers. I grew up in a woman-rich environment. Yeah. If that happened to any of those women that I fucking adore, then I would have a personal war against that guy. Yeah, yeah. Right? I would personally... I would I would do everything I can to something. I don't know. Yeah. But what I wouldn't do is demand that he doesn't have a job. I wouldn't... Uh, I don't know. 
Well, another layer know. to this too is that there are these these women that he did this to, um, or did this in front of whatever the language is. Uh, they are comedians, and that's right. You're not really hearing from them much. Nope. And so much of the narrative is just he shouldn't be able to do what he's doing anymore. And not that I'm saying they should be built up, kind of like like we were just talking about. You're a victim, so now you're infallible. Yep. You should now headline, you know, all around the world because you have endured this thing. No, it's still you still need to be an incredible comedian to fill those seats. But I do wish that they were and maybe they're declining the opportunities that they're being offered, but I, I feel like they're not being given opportunities to maybe hop on some podcasts, talk about some yeah, shit. Maybe not even just the Louis C.K. thing, but maybe you start the podcast with that, but then you go into some other things. Let us get to know. You're hearing from everyone but the people that it happened And to. I feel like they're getting buried. Yep. Like they are, they're really... You're doing a disservice to the victims. Right. Yeah, and they're just... Because, I mean, this is their career. This is something that they're really passionate about. And, it's a terrible uh, thing what happened to them. There's I couldn't no, even tell you the names of any of them. I've read I those names and I've forgotten them. I know. And, I know. And then it's what's, but, it, what's it like to be victimized by somebody and then a year later they go and do uh, a stand-up set right. and it's a really big deal. Right. Meanwhile, you've maybe or maybe not been doing stand-up comedy for the year and it has reached zero people. Yeah, no and one also cares. to be... A female in comedy, which must be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Just to be a female in general is tough, dude. Yep. And I mean, that's, I don't know. Anyway. But I guess for me, it's like, you know how you know that what he did isn't, oh, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> but you know how you know that he, what am I trying to say? Like, that he's borderline being accused of rape without raping anybody? Yeah, I guess so. Like, like that's the energy. Well, that, that you know that it's not bad enough that he should actually be wiped off the face of the earth. You know how you know that? Right. Because he's not yeah. he's still here. Yeah. You know why? Because he serves zero jail time. Well, you can compare it to other things. What about Bill Cosby? Yeah. You, look what happened to him. The people spoke. Yeah. There, I've never met anyone that defends that. I've yeah. never met anybody who's like, no, I still think that that guy should be, you know, let's let's go buy tickets for that guy. By the way, I still think Bill Cosby should have had the right to be a comedian and yeah. make movies and do stand-up, right? Yeah. But the people spoke. No one would support him. It's Sorry, over. Now he's going to prison. Mm-hmm. Or he is in prison or whatever it is now. His fucking eyes are falling out his of his head. His eyes are fucking... God spoke. The universe spoke. Yeah. We as a people spoke. That guy's done, donezo, never again to come back. It's crazy, dude, because I feel like Bill Cosby, over. Bill Cosby didn't quite get enough. Yeah. And Louis C.K. is getting too much. Well, that's that's my point. <laughs> that, yeah, I, that shows know, like, how fucked our barometers are as, as human beings. Like we are because, I mean, to your point, there were people, specifically uh, black male comedians that were trying to uh, defend him. Not really defend him, but they were just saying like, you know, when it was only 10 accusers, they were like, yeah, I remember that 10 accusers. Right. But think about that. If 10 women, if I go, hey, James, like you're going to start hearing some shit, but I'll tell you first, uh, 10 women are accusing me of rape. There isn't a bone in your body that's not going to be like, you know, Alan, you raped 10 women. Yeah. Like who's oh. going to accuse? That's a shitload of people. Now you have to give him credit. And for how the we did it. He's, he's a celebrity. So, okay, 10 people accusing him as a celebrity. That is a little fishy. Whereas if it was me, non-celebrity, that's right, just, right, okay, right. cool. I get that. But then it's 20. And there's still people that are just like, I mean, but it's 20. And the detail, and it's just... It, yeah. yeah, and then it's 30, and then it's four, and then that's when you started to hear some of the defenses And the criminal away. part of it. Yeah. That this went to court. Yeah. Like, and that he had previously paid somebody off yeah. 
you know, 20 years prior, like that is that's we, damning. We can't, we can't be a society that judges people by mob rule. Yeah. We can't. And even if that makes you feel uncomfortable, even if you disagree with what I'm saying, even if you disagree about this Louis C.K. thing, you think that it's a vile joke and you shouldn't have said it. You have a right to think that, but you don't have a right to to take away living in a free society. Yeah. You don't. I know. Sorry. And to a degree, like, like we're all assholes and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. That's like right. none of us really have the power. I mean, the masses could have the power to to shut Louis down, but right now they're not they're even. They're not. They're not making a dent. They think they are. They're there's only a few websites. Yeah, there's a few articles that are like yeah, he shouldn't sure. have done this. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. It's not going to stop him. And I, and I promise you, people like Judd Apatow who who said what he said, he's the one that's going to lose in the end. Yeah. Now he's inviting hate. He's inviting all this negative energy his way. Oh my God, his, you know, the the support for Louis C.K. is pretty strong still. Yeah. And my guess is it's much stronger than it than the lack of support for him. Boy, and Judd went fucking all in. And I just I don't think that there was enough all in. There's not enough to Jeez. go all in on this. No. What are we even talking about? You just tried to fucking cut Louis' balls off over what? I know. He's doing some comedy. Like, what the fuck? And that's that's a really dumb thing for an artist to do. That's yeah. really bad karma. Because it can just come back your way. Yep. It can and it will. But I mean, you know, we also live in an age where it's not a bad business move to to pander to women. It's not a bad business move to pander to uh, minorities or and that's that's something that you yeah. see with the with the far left. They're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to pander to this shit. I, I may say some shit that offends people, but whatever I say is what I really feel. Mm-hmm. I'm never I'm never like kind of telling you yes, but then behind your back telling the other person I told you no. And right. it just. I think authenticity is important, and it, what bugs what bugs me the most about Judd is it just feels inauthentic. So you've yeah. got to now your leftist brain has to battle with your comedian brain, and it's disappointing that the leftist brain won. Agreed. I know it's a bummer. Like late night hosts, every single one of them, like Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, um, who are the other ones? Um, oh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. They they are. It's it's like. What happened here? What's the point of the show now? I thought the point of these late night shows were like to be funny. Like remember early Conan O'Brien and Letterman? They were so fucking fun. Yeah. Like you could check out and like these goofy skits and it was edgy and funny. Funny. Jimmy Fallon is still somewhat funny and he's not super like political and left all the time, even though you totally know where he stands. Yeah. But like. Jimmy Kimmel, I don't know if there's one show that'll go by where he doesn't rip on Trump, doesn't rip on the right. He doesn't. It's like, oh, is that your job? Oh, I th- oh I'm sorry. I thought your job was to be a comedian. Well, yeah. And to, to host a fucking show. To piggyback on, uh, on Louis C.K.'s point, how he's saying that kids should be fucking crazy and that the old people should be in Congress and, you know, trying to get things banned and all that shit. Comedians should be edgy. Yes. And are president should be minding his p's and q's and being politically correct and we're living a flip-flop world there too absolutely we got the president fucking grabbing pussies and oh yeah saying fuck you the and fucking degenerate and piece of hiring shit. and firing people in his own cabinet left and right yeah turnaround rates yeah fucking because the, he's such an unorganized piece of shit shouldn't have the job that he does and then you've got jimmy fallon that's like uh yes ma'am no ma'am like yeah. The people that should be edgy just are the furthest well, thing again, from it. Well, again, he's a hypocrite. You go, he was the host of The Man Show. Yeah. The fucking Man Show. Fucking crazy. Type in, like, Jimmy Kimmel Man Show days. You don't have to do it now, but, like, if you oh, look at... Oh, I was at, a fan. 
I, yeah, but I mean, my point is like he's a fucking hypocrite. He was going around like squeezing girls' tits, yeah, and like talking about his dick and like stuff now that would get him fired. And I'm surprised it hasn't yet. Yeah, like all it takes is one social justice warrior dickhead to put together a compilation, put it out of context, and ruin his life. God. And and if he yeah. doesn't see that irony, then boy, oh boy, oh boy. You going back to the man show real quick, man? Anyway. Juggy Vanessa. Did you ever? Did oh, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, I had I had most of the Juggies' names memorized, but Vanessa was the she was the one. I Googled her the other day. She did not. She hasn't aged well. But I mean, anyway. was there a show that objectified women more ever in no, the history ever. of TV? Some like cable fucking television. Oh fuck! I know. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah. So that's where we stand on that, I guess. And and by the way, I reserve the right to to. To admit that I could be wrong at any point. Yeah. I'm always open to hearing. If anyone has a different view, let me know. Because uh, I'm i just a fucking dude. We're just dudes talking to a microphone. Yep. We're not uh, more prepared than you. We're not more intellectual. I don't have any more information than you do. I'm just talking shit into a microphone. Uh, this next one is, I don't know, it's kind of an exhausting thing because I, I followed it pretty heavily, but I it's just such a... It's a shit show, and I sort of feel like the story. There's not much of a story. What with it? But it's the John Jones. Oh yeah, uh, having a picogram of some sort of uh, steroid in his system. He, the the long and the short of it is that he is he he popped for something, and he's claiming as well as uh, the UFC and uh, and USADA. They're all saying that this is left over from the the last time he popped in 2017, right? And that this is a um, it's picogram. a it's a picogram. First time we've ever heard that word. Yes, and uh, a lot of MMA fans have have heard it's already starting to become a meme. But John Jones saying that uh, Jeff Nowitzki, who used to be a part of uh, USADA or still is, but now also very openly uh, works with the UFC, is an employee of the UFC. Uh, John Jones was saying that Jeff Nowitzki said uh, that 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 picogram was the equivalent of a um, a grain of salt in an Olympic sized swimming pool. Right. And he said that over and over right, as right, if right. It, as if it was this very um, scientifically exonerating uh, comment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, John Jones has smelled dirty to me for years now. I just I'm at the point where I'm not shocked uh I think it's it's gonna tarnish his legacy. He's gonna go down as a cheater. He's he's the Lance Armstrong of uh, of MMA yeah. right now, but he's also he's also the best fighter of all. He's time. a bad motherfucker. This fight with Alexander Gustafson was one of the most uh, Just, frustrating things I've ever seen because their first fight was considered fight of the year. It was I mean Alexander Gustafson almost won. Uh, they both uh, were in the hospital. That night, just they each the fucked war. each other up. Yeah. This fight, this this second, this rematch, it was so one sided. It's not even funny. John Jones picked him apart, controlled it's, distance. It's very complicated. It and felt I, like Alexander Gustafson had the fucking flu. Yeah, it just it was so frustrating because fans knew what he was capable of, and uh, he couldn't take out John Jones despite the fact that John Jones has had a year and a half to two year layoff. Yeah, and I think that. You know, because you've heard other people say this, there's there's not there's not a a pill or a, a shot, there's not a drug you can take that is going to make you be 
as good as a fighter as John Jones. Yeah. It doesn't exist. You can't take drugs and then hit smash home runs like Barry Bonds. Yeah. Can't do it. Sorry. Like that superior that you know, superior fucking athlete mode is a once in a lifetime thing. You don't see it that often. Those drugs help you recover. Sure, they help you perform a little bit better, get stronger, faster, whatever. And and it might be that edge that pushes you over. And that's not fair. I'm not saying it's good. But I'm just making a point that he still is the, arguably the best fighter of all time, right? Would yeah, you? I mean, a lot of people are considering him the, the greatest MMA fighter. And if, and if he's not the greatest, he's up there on the pedestal of the top three. Yeah, and listen, you, I mean, this, this uh, last weekend, I don't even know when the fight was. That holiday break scrambled my brain in terms of like uh, yeah. internal calendar and shit. But whenever that fight was, uh, it, yeah, I think it was the 29th. Uh, you can't argue that, you know, to your point, steroids are not going to make him, uh, mentally stronger. They're not going to make him more resilient to pressure and pieces of shit like me saying he's a cheater. He's dirty. He fucking sucks. He walked into an arena of mostly people that were like, Hey, what's up, dude? Hoping you get your fucking head knocked off your, your body, mortal Kombat style. Like everybody, he was, he was kind of the Floyd Mayweather of MMA that night because everyone wanted to see him dead. Just get knocked the fuck out. And he's smiling as he's smiling. Like he's so confident and he he knows uh, what he's got to do. And steroids aren't going to do that, no, dude. They, they really His aren't. fight IQ and his his ability to uh, to manage circumstances. It's it's uncanny. now with that said, I, I have I'm not sure where I stand on it now. Like as far as do you believe uh, what's his name? No, no, Navisky. Yeah, Jeff Navitsky. Jeff Navitsky. And the UFC, or are you on the side of more like Brandon Schaub? Brandon Schaub, who, yeah, you know, he's like super. This is this, this smells fishy. What is he called? The skeptical hippo eyes, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and it's hard not to be on Schaub's side with this just because, but, but see, I, I was when he first mm-hmm. ranted about it, I yeah. was totally like, yeah, that, I, how could you not be on his side? I was yeah. just so on it when the first podcast he did back from the Christmas break, he just went off. And then I go and listen to Rogan podcast the next day. Oh, with, with Jeff on, on it. Yeah. Did yeah. you listen to that? I listened to, uh, I mean, over half of it, a, a great deal of I it. I would say sure. the ending is the more um, where I made the turn. Okay. I, I'll even say this. I almost never do this. I I disliked the video. I was fucking annoyed. Oh, the okay. first half I was like, Jesus, Rogan is just like pandering to this. And yeah, this yeah. It's like a UFC commercial. And oh my God, this is really a bummer to see. But towards the hat, the second half, and really like the last, when they just start wrapping it up, it's very genuine. And Rogan even says at one point, he's like, "Look, I, you know, I don't know one side or another. I'm just asking you to to think, slow down. This is very complicated. You don't know as much as you think you do. Experts are experts for a reason. There are some times in life you have to trust the experts. Yeah, there's not a lot of them out there on this. There just isn't. There's like a handful of people who can really." weigh in on whether he should have fought or not, right? Um, so anyway, my, my point being, but towards the end, I was now, I was just like, now I don't know what to fucking think. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I got no so problem. I'm just kind of like, yeah, but... I, I have no problem swallowing the pill that we're telling people to swallow regarding the uh, Louis C.K. thing. Like, hey, he he did whatever time he did. He was sanctioned by an athletic commission. He fought. He fucking won. Sick. No. Like, I'm cool with all that. Those are... Those are objective facts that's cool but 
it, it's just hard for me not to I know draw the conclusion yeah, there's the, too ma- there's too the much very understandable conclusion that the UFC there is a reason just the fact that the UFC has hired Jeff Nowitzki yeah. that screams foul play yes. to me like that is that's what you do his name his nickname on the street is the golden snitch I know. because he catches motherfuckers so if you are a company that employs those motherfuckers that he's catching why the fuck wouldn't you go get the motherfucker that's catching these dudes? Yeah. You go get him so that he's now in your office and you can bend his ear a little bit and go, hey, um, we really need John Jones and, to fight. And I didn't so. know that he worked for the UFC now. Yeah. I was unaware of that. So I think a lot of people were unaware fishy, of that. Dude. Yeah. It's so, just, I mean, he has every reason to make it easy on Dana White in the UFC. The fact that it was moved from the Nevada Commission to L.A., that's crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, Nevada was like, hey, a, what the fuck? This is fucking fishy shit. We can't fucking pass this it's guy. It's a shrewd fucking move. But I mean, those are the moves that, that Dana White and and back when his partners, the Fertitas, had something to do with uh, with Zufa. That's that's what they did. That's what they did, dude. They knew how to do that. Fucking they, mobsters, man. They, absolutely. They fucking yeah, get Uncle it. Dana doesn't fuck around. I no. mean, you can say what you want about him. I am i don't dig everything about him for sure. Um but you can't argue that like he's grown this sport from nothing into like a legitimate sport. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel personally. I would trust him with Dirty. with Dick. But oh yeah, as a nothing. fan of the sport, he he is our Vince McMahon. I need him. I dude, when I just just so you know, I yeah. actually can't wait until he's gone. Oh that's okay, my personal thing. Yeah yeah. Um, Here here's my thing with it. This is where I think he brings value because I know he definitely hurts shit too. Yeah. But for me, I'll watch the post fight press conferences or a scrum or some shit, I always watch the Dana White ones first. Those are my favorite. I do too. Not only because he's boss man, so most of the valuable information is going to come from him, Yeah. but also just because he... I like seeing him fucking get mad at a journalist. I like seeing journalists give him shit. I do too. I I mean, I do. Maybe I don't mean that I can't wait till he's gone. I I think what I'm saying is like... You know, and, and Shaw brings this up all the time. I think if... If the UFC genuinely wants to be just as you know equivalent to the NBA, NFL, MLB, they want to be one of those three-letter professional sports that our parents check in on. Mm-hmm. Um, then that whole person, like D- Dana's, too much of a personality. It's too much about him yes. and how he feels. Yeah. He's too sensitive. He's too defensive. He's he has personal vendettas against people. It's too much about him. And uh, that's bad for that, for that reason. I agree. It should be more about the UFC. It should be a little bit more faceless, I think. My only fear is that the way that I look at it, I I sort of don't ever want the UFC to be one of those big three sports. Yeah, I hear you. I don't think that it really can be. Yeah, and I don't know if it can. I was just going to say. It's a fucking brutal sport. I mean, look at the big three sports. You You get carded or flagged or whatever the fuck for being violent. Yeah. Even though football is, uh, for all intents and purposes, right. it's a violent sport, but then there is unsportsmanlike the thing. Con- and, yeah, 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 exactly. Hockey's going through. You you yeah. get fucked with all that. I, I think that, and Dana White has fucking exhausted this this sentiment um, more than anybody. But if if you put in between a football stadium, uh, a fucking a basketball uh, game, and uh, a soccer field. And in the middle of that is a fight. Everyone's going to look at that fight. It could yeah. be a fight on the street corner between two drunks. Oh, yeah. Most people are going to want to watch that. Oh yeah, more than they're going to want to see, Some you know, this fucking playoff game. Yeah. Or yeah, 
It's just, it's in our nature. And uh, I don't think it's in everyone's nature. I know some people that would just be like, ugh, it makes them uncomfortable, whatever. It used to make me uncomfortable. Yeah. I used to not be able to watch it, yeah. Yep. But it's, it's too much for me. You know, I think that if you uh, if you try to go, you know, they just signed this deal with ESPN, and I could see ESPN to a degree trying to sterilize it a little bit. I hope not. But I, it's going to bum me out me quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. You know, Dana can't be there forever. And he's already fucking what, a billionaire, where the fuck he is now at this point. Yeah. Right? I'm like, like, pretty like sure. Literally close to being it was, a billionaire. Because it was four billion for the, uh, when, when WMEIMG bought uh, yeah. Zufa. So, so he's definitely not doing it for the money. I'd have to imagine he got a fair cut of that. He's not getting any younger. No. I mean, he still definitely has a lot of time left if he wants to. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm more of a casual fan of MMA and the UFC, but just from what I've seen, it's just some, something about it rubs me the wrong way, but I don't know. You ask other people that have been like Stefan, my best friends. He, he's a huge fight fan. Yeah. And I used to watch fights with him and Austin. Yeah. Here. And they're both like ride or die for Dana. Yeah. You know, Stefan, he's like gotten mad at me before. He's like, dude, you don't fucking understand this shit wouldn't exist without him. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I, I hear him. You know, I, I get that. Because I was a lot of around people, then. A lot of people could jump into his position and make the shit still work. I think that he adds... It's almost like he's he's the bad boy piece of shit. He's he's like a Dennis Necessity. Rodman for us. Yeah. yeah. And he just... He adds a little color. I, I it's like, like it. It's uh, like the part of the military that... You know that part in A Few Good Men? Um, where Jack... Maybe. It was in... Goes, the whole like, you can't handle the truth. Oh, that right, line. right. Yeah. Well, the point that he's going off on this idea that there's parts of the military that we all you know behind closed doors when we're being honest with ourselves we want navy seals to exist yeah we want these brutal fucking warrior murdering fucking savages to exist so that we can go and fucking shop at the mall and be people and uh it's like that you know uh, necessary evil thing Anyway, that's kind of like what Dana White probably is for that world. It's like, right. you know, you, you know that it's kind of gross and it's unethical and it maybe looks makes us look bad, but God. He's, like he's facilitating shit, but because of that, he's got to see some shit yeah. that we don't have to. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. He's taking the punches for us. I think he's also just made for it, dude. Being a promoter, oh, yeah. that is not... There, there's no school you go to for that. That is, you just have to have it in your blood. You got to have that personality. You need to be a little bit of a jackal, oh, a little bit of an sure. alpha male. and But at the same time, shrewd and clever enough to know yep. how to fuck. I mean, look at, they they claim they don't have a monopoly on MMA, but okay. That's I mean, okay. they yeah. 100% do. That I is, mean, they are the premium product. And then at this point, and only because of, what Scott Coker has done for Bellator, you could consider Bellator even a competitor, but until then, but not even you, really. I mean, they bought strike force. They bought pride. It just, they the ate up did. their fucking competition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now if you have fight pass, their little, uh, it's like the, the UFC's Netflix, uh, you can, you can go back and watch. They have that catalog. Now you can go watch strike force. Isn't even like, a uh, meta Morris, the jujitsu yep. one. Yeah. Is Eddie Bravo's thing or no, that's not Eddie Bravo's thing is the Eddie Bravo invitational. Yeah. The, the meta meta Morris or meta whatever. Morris. That is a, a Gracie thing, I think. But, but don't they show that on fight? Pass? Yep. Yeah. You watch it on Does fight. Does UFC Pass. own that? I don't know that they own it, but they definitely but they have definitely the redistribution yeah. rights. Right. Yeah. So they even have a, a piece of that pie. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they run that's around crazy. just eating shit up, especially if it's, I mean, meta Morris wasn't even that, 
they were on like their second or third one before the UFC was like, how much? Yeah. And Metamorphs knows that they haven't had time to get big enough to ask for a ton. So well, it's no. almost smart to like jujitsu. Yeah. Hey, how about we give you a million dollars and then we just have your shit. And no matter how big you get, yeah. we reap the reward. I like watching those matches sometimes. Yeah. It's got to be the right people. There's, and I, I mean, don't even like the most devout jujitsu fan would find that a little boring. Yes. Jujitsu is a little tough to watch for. Well, and it's, it's a tougher, it's a tougher world to navigate. I know about like Gary Tonin and Dylan Dennis and uh, Ryan Hall, but there, there's not a lot that, and some like strictly MMA dudes, they will come in and, and yeah. uh, I think Chael's done one and yeah, even like Tim Kennedy did one. And yeah. John Jones uh, yeah. did one against uh, Dan Henderson, I think. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're fun as shit, man. Yeah. And Eddie Bravo's thing's fun too. Yeah. Um, it's a little like a little culty for me. The Eddie Bravo thing. Yeah, oh, for sure. He fucks with his rules like a little planet. bit more. I think that he allows some shit that now men, they allow, um, it's like slapping. Or yeah. Some open. Shit. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of like a uh, pancreas and shit. Um, What's that? What's that fucker's name? Uh, yeah, the um, Shamrock and um, yes, yeah. Um, Who the fuck am I? <laughs> my brain. Unbelievable. I know it's the worst. Boss Rutten. Boss Rutten. Yep. Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I had written down here was that Kanye agreed to be on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. Kanye West. My only thing with that is I just I think it's going to be fucking December 2019. <laughs> I know. We'll see if it ever. Yeah, happens. I want it like right the fuck now. What is that going to be like? We'll see. I hope it. I hope it happens. I really do. So, so for Rogan, those who don't man. know, I think the the way the story goes is that Kanye said something like on Twitter or social media that uh, the media media doesn't. Um, what did you say? Like they don't promote mental health, or they're not willing to talk. Have He's a looking to talk to somebody seriously. Yeah, about, about it. Yeah. mental health. And then Rogan responded saying, you're welcome to come on the podcast. Let's do a podcast. And for those who don't know, the Joe Rogan podcast is not only the biggest podcast, but it is one of the biggest media entities at all. Yeah. Period. It's bigger than The Tonight Show. It's bigger than 60 Minutes. It's bigger than anything Kanye can do that's interview-based. Period. Period. I mean, that's... And, and it's actually not even like close. <laughs> look up, look up the viewership of Jimmy Fallon's The Tonight Show, the classic The Tonight Show. It's so crazy. Versus how many people listen and download and watch the Joe Rogan podcast? He started that shit in just like a fucking, like I think it was in Red Band's like yeah. L.A. apartment bedroom or some shit. You go on his podcast, that changes your career. Yeah. You are now a success, or if you fuck up, then you're you've tanked your career. It always reminds me of something I heard about Kevin Hart, where when he started doing movies, he had been doing stand up comedy for for so long, became like what he called you know the stand up comedy rock star, whatever. Mm-hmm. He uh he built up his social so huge, and then he goes to do a movie, yes. and then the studio was like, cool, yeah, and then we're gonna you know you'll post from your you'll Facebook, he's and like, he's well, like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you pay me more, if you pay me, that's mine. Yeah, that's that I built that shit. Yes. And then it, and a lot of studios Changes were just everything. hanging out with their dicks in their hand and they were just like, whoa, no one's ever done this. No one's He's ever like, done that. I'm not just somebody like I'm, it's, it's a new game. This is how we're doing this. And Joe, you know, in a, a, a much less like confrontational way, kind of did the same thing where he's like, I'm just going to make my own thing. Yeah. And not that, you know, it's my, that fucking easy, but. You know, it's funny about him too. If you really analyze Rogan's sort of method of doing things, mm-hmm. he has almost no rules and no like 
there's no plan. There's no consistency to his uploads. There's no time promise. He doesn't promise people anything. It's sometimes it's an hour and a half. Sometimes it's four hours long. It will literally go from that range. The average time is probably about three hours. Well, that's the irony of Joe is that part of the reason you have to think that part of the reason his podcast got so big is because he didn't give a fuck if it ever got big. Zero fucks. Like more zero fucks than anyone ever. And I th- and the audience can feel that when he's stoned. So genuine. He's stoned and he can barely fucking open his eyes and he's got his his yep. his fucking chin on his on both of his hands like he's a little girl listening mm-hmm. to his dad tell him a story. Yeah. And it's some like neuroscientist going off about some crazy shit. Yeah. And as the audience, you're hearing this and going, What? And then just as you're thinking that, Joe just goes, What? what? And so it's just like you, yeah. He's yeah, just a fucking bro. You're just like, that's so sick because this yeah. is like because Joe is the every man. Yeah, you know? and it, it's people are starving for it, man. You listen to news anchors and CNN bullshit. It's just so like, and now back to see No one talks that way. And he'll shit it's on so that too. Fucking, yeah. He, he does it with politicians and news correspondents. Why do they all have Why their way of talking? It's really bizarre. Like he'll always say that politicians are like, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. And if you notice, they always do the thumb thing. Yep. They're always Even Obama like, does it. And yep. they'll do that. And... It's it's a trained way of talking. Yes, yeah. That no one in the real world ever does. And he just lifts the lid on it, and he's like, they just need to be real. And then he does exactly what he's saying. And and I honestly would rather him interview, like when Lance Armstrong was on, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, that is, if I could pick anybody to interview him, it would be, be him. It would be Joe Rogan, because he's, he's so great at understanding the balance of yes. push on him a little bit. And also he's... Like he wants to get the truth, but he's also intelligent enough to know he's a, he's a fucking superior uh, arguer. That's the thing is that if you ever and I'm sure you've already seen it, but if you haven't and you get bored or anybody listening, uh, just uh, Google or YouTube search uh, Joe Rogan versus Brian Dunning. Oh, God. It's the fucking... Uh, I feel bad for that It's guy. the judo argument. This Brian Dunning dude is basically telling Joe Rogan, who's been doing mix, or doing martial arts since yeah. he was 16 or something. Right. I don't know, 17. Right. Uh, maybe even well before that. But he uh, he's trying to tell Joe Rogan that in a bar one time, this guy ran at him. He used his own, mo- uh, his own uh, motion to throw him down with force. And he's just sounding kind of yeah. like a tough guy. Yep. And Joe not only... He's eviscerates like, him that's not true but then brian who's an intelligent guy he yeah. tries to get in and out of the argument and in a verbal sense joe had him by the throat and was like no stay here you started this shit we're gonna talk about it right and you see brian dunning squirm and you're just like that oh it's terrifying that takes effort because i can imagine if that were me talking to brian dunning i might just be like okay cool it's getting confrontational so i'm gonna back off a little or i don't know how to pin him to this these claims that he's making it's just it's the perfect balance for me. Yeah, he can uh Joe can be a bit of a bully sometimes. Right. Which I right. Don't like, but he can but you also like that about him. Like yeah. he's super you know, he'll fucking smack you. Yep. Um and the the funny thing about that show too is like the, we do more thought put into our podcast than than he does. Oh yeah. In many ways. Yep. Like they don't edit. It's it's always live. Um, there, and again, there's no rules. Like we post every Wednesday, you know, like the fighter and the kid, those guys are like really structured. You know, Brent shop is very the opposite. Yeah. It's like, you can count us on uploading these days. We have interns, we have this and we have that. And there's like segments and that's a little bit more our style mm-hmm. already. We're probably more like that. 
and R- Rogan is just like, <laughs> sit down and talk, and it's up, and it's for free. It's on YouTube. It's on everything. I think that's it's intentional too, because he he wants his guests to no breaks to feel that way too as well. Like all the ads are up front. Just get here, come chill. Yep. It's like you. I honestly think part of what makes his interview so sick is that the and and some uh, interviewees have even said this. They forget that this is going out to millions of people, millions of people, and that's that's a skill. I know. Despite there being a fucking microphone in your face and headphones on your ears. You just start talking to Joe like well, you're again, just hanging out. It's in his- not you go to the Tonight Show because he's had like you know big name rock stars and, and yeah. uh, comedians or whatever. Bill Burr. Bill Burr yeah. is the type of guy who will do the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show in one yeah. week, and the next week he's on Rogan's podcast. And Bill Burr's even talked about that same thing. Like you know, you go do the Tonight Show, you have to get there three hours early. You get in this backstage green room thing. There's hair and makeup. There's a pre, like a rehearsal. There's a, okay, do you want to talk about these points? Talk about that. We'll do a commercial break. We come back. It's very structured. There's so much time to get nervous, right? Yeah. (laughs) And so, and people are not really authentically them. And it's also really short amounts of time. Well, and the interview is completely fabricated. It's It's fabricated and we all know it. The host gives the comedian setups. Yep. They all do their bits that yeah, they do on stage. They, it's like it's just so lame. Mm-hmm. And then being, and then you have that experience. But then you go and do something like the Rogan podcast, where you just show up. He's like smoking a joint. Yeah, you just sit down, and then you're just talking. But that's going to reach far more people mm-hmm. in real time. Not even just like total downloads, but the amount of people that are watching that show live. I, yeah. I don't do it very often, but um, there are a whole set of people who watch that show live that's so crazy 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 i know it's got to be a guest that i'm just like beyond psyched about you know yeah i know me too but even then i'm gonna i'm not gonna watch the whole fucking thing they're long as shit dude they're like three hours so has three hours in the middle of the day i know it's fucking insane um i think that's kind of all i had for for fun things to bring up um Oh, I want to mention something that I did last night that was really, really fucking fun, Alan. I got to tell you. Oh, I'm pumped. So my wife and I, we are going to bed, and my wife is actually in bed, fucking covers on, reading a book, like getting sleepy time, right? If you tell me you did doggy style for the first time last night. Oh, we did. I'm going <laughs> to... I did this fun ass shit, dude. It's so fucking dope. It's called what you do is you have her turn around. (laughs) No, so I'm like doing my thing. I'm getting ready to go to bed. And my wife is like, what the fuck is that smell? That Uh smells like fucking shit. And our our girl cat, Minerva, my my baby girl, is sleeping on, she always sleeps on my wife's head, basically like right on her head. Oh, no. And she's like, ugh, what is that fucking, and we always make fun of, this cat for being disgusting. Like, ugh, she's gross. She's just a mess. She's just fucking disgusting. Um, but it smells like fucking poop, like poo-poo. So we're like, is it her? What the fuck? We look in her fucking, she's, it It looks like she's wearing riding pants, like equestrian oh, right. horse yeah, riding yeah. pants. Like her, her butt is just like super thick with fur. Yeah. So we're like, <laughs> like blowing on the fur and digging through. And we find this like, pancake size oh of my God. shit that's like a dreadlock shit pancake like oh. hair and shit 
And if you're smelling uh, it, it's fresh. Dude, it's so bad. It's and, chilling. And she was laying on my wife's head in the pillows. So we like we fucking quarantine her in the bathroom and we're trying to like find the shit. Long story short, we had to like get scissors out and cut this shit dread off. Oh my we're God. wiping her ass. Right before bed too. Right before bed. Your brain is in like go to sleep mode. Oh my God. No, no. Clean this fucking pancake shit. Pancake shit. There's like a cat. stack of towels and like wet wipes, a mountain high. Oh God. The bathroom is just like poopy water, cat poop everywhere. We had to fucking try to give her a bath, which is really cool with a cat. Yeah. And meanwhile, her, she's trying to kill us. Just yeah. trying to fucking murder us. It's just, I, I like the idea of the cat cool. not understanding why it needs a... It's like, bro, I was fine. I know. I'm like, like trying to talk to her. You for sure it. were not fine. Yeah, she, and she keeps she keeps looking at me like, I trusted you, motherfucker. Yeah. What are you doing to me? Yeah. It's a little bit of shit on my ass. Yeah. Enough to smell Jesus. it in the room. And so that was a pretty cool thing that happened. Damn. All right, let's, uh, let's do a, a quick movie pick and let's get out of here. Okay. My movie pick of the week is a, a delicious film called Green Room. Came out, I think, two years ago now. Eh, something like that. And uh, really fucking dope movie. And my, my good friend, Michael Draper, who was the singer in the band I used to play in, he is in the movie. He's an actor. And if you blink, you'll miss him. But, but he is in the movie. And uh, it's a story about which is kind of fitting for our uh, for our audience. It's a story about a band on tour and they're rolling through Oregon and that's kind of cool cuz it's filmed in the the coastal hills of Oregon. And they go and they get their shows canceled or whatever reason and so they get a last minute show booked at this building and it's like out in the middle of nowhere. And then they uh, come to find out that they're like skinheads, like racist skinhead dudes. <laughs> and then some shit goes down in the green room at this venue and I don't want to do any spoilers. It, it's uh, it's dark. It's uh it's really well written. Patrick Stewart is in it. Um the girl from Arrested Development that played Maybe is ironically in it. She's like the the guitar player in the band or whatever. Uh the kid that played the the Russian character Data from Star Trek, he was in it. Who's the lead in it? He's technically the lead. Oh, okay. He's like the singer of the band or guitar player or something, whatever the band. Okay. And they're like a punk rock, like hardcore band. And uh, they're a little provocative and they kind of push back on the skinhead vibe, which was not a good idea. Nope, never is. Dude, it's so good. Just, just accept the skinheads, man. Quit pushing back. All right, let's uh, do the trailer. Okay, I'm with the Eight Rights from Washington, D.C. You guys are hard to find. Want to know social media presence? The music is shared live. It's time and aggression. You gotta be there. Sorry, guys, gotta clear up. Follow me. And then it's over. Holy shit. You can't keep us here. You gotta let us go. We're not keeping you. You're just staying. We're so fucking dead, guys. What do we do? 
Oh, shit. This will be over soon, gentlemen. What are they doing? They're coming. We gotta go. And we die. How long can we wait? For sure that is. Is that a pep talk? Just grab some shit, get ready to run. Did he have that guy in a fucking arm bar? Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of fight <laughs> stuff, that the the uh, he's like the drummer in the band. I want to say, yeah, he's a jujitsu kid. Ah, uh, so okay, he comes in handy, dude. I like the idea oh, as so uh, of Patrick Stewart as a bad guy, and he's a b- b- bad guy, like super super bad. That's fucking tight. Yeah, he's like a violent, racist, fucking terrible guy. I'm 100% going to watch that tonight. Yeah, the the guy who wrote and directed that movie, his, his name is escaping me, but he's done a few other movies I really like. Dude, I've been wanting to tell you, you have like, I, I don't know if it has anything to do with you, but I have become like a little bit of a cinephile. Oh, good. Like I That's have. That's so cool. I am download like. Well, you've just, seen a bunch of shit. I mean, I, I remember. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen movies for sure. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I liked them more at a different point in my life. But I mean, right. just like I've got, I downloaded all these and I just have been jamming these, uh, Fahrenheit 11, nine. I just watched that. It was nice. Typical Michael Moore movie. Yep. Uh, black Klansman is on deck. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, okay. I watched this dude. I feel like you that? would, you would love this. The bill Murray stories, life lessons. Oh, I haven't seen that dude. I hadn't even heard of it. And I just found it. Um, when I was fucking pirating all these movies, it was one of them. Yeah. And it is the most, fucking endearing kind of touching story about how and it's not even a story it's a it's a an amalgamation of stories that are you know when you hear those urban legends about how some guy's at a urinal and he's pissing and then he feels two hands go over his eyes and he just hears mm. some guy go no one will ever believe you oh. and he turns around and it's bill murray oh yes 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 yes. and he's yes. like oh that's what you meant by no one and then another time where this, these high school kids are having a a uh a little house party and Bill Murray shows up and does their dishes and then bails. Yeah. Like he, the documentarian, he goes and he visits these individuals that claim these stories, looks at their pictures. He checks out video evidence and like confirms all of these stories. And then like builds this whole, uh, this like really beautiful meaning to life. Like, why does Bill do this? That is so cool. Why does he get off on like kind of showing up and just being one of the guys he doesn't. And there's video uh, of him at a house party and he's just, Hanging out in the corner. He's not standing on a coffee table being like, I'm a fucking celebrity. It's just, it's so... There's a ton of Bill Murray stories. Yeah. It's so fucking cool. It was one of the coolest things that I, I watched, and it was literally just because it had to do with Bill Murray, who I'm a huge fan of. There's a video, someone, I think it might be on YouTube. I remember seeing it. 
some guy is in like a hallway and he sees Bill Murray at the end of the hallway and he says something like, hey, like he yells to him like, hey, I love you, Bill Murray, whatever, which is super weird to do. And uh, Bill Murray looks at him and then he just straight up takes off at a full sprint towards the kid, just fucking running at him like he's going to kill him. And then he just stops and they both just kind of look at each other and they both start laughing. And he like shakes his hands <laughs> shit and walks away. <laughs> that's so tight. Yeah, dude. I He's love that best. shit. I, that's what I would do if I had that kind of notoriety. All of I a know. sudden, like the money and the like typical fame would be boring. I'd be like, I kind of want to go against the grain a little bit. Yep. Let me color outside the lines. Yeah, I would photobomb a lot. Yep. Like the whole Dave Chappelle photobombing someone's wedding. Did you hear yeah, about that? I did. So good. Yeah, one of the stories in the Bill Murray thing is that he photobombs a... Uh, a an engagement shoot Uh, yes and they they interview the photographer and they say that he was on like a a guided tour around uh shit not maryland uh this is bill murray yeah south carolina or some shit he's he's out there a lot anyway he uh he's uh the the photographer is taking pictures and then they see they hear like a voice and they turn around and he's got like the mic he's on this like I want to say it was like a trolley or some shit. And then just jokingly, the photographer was like, come take some pictures. And he just hopped down and he did it. (laughs) And now they just forever have. Forever will have that. Yeah. Oh, that is so fucking cool. It was great. It was really, really good. I'll check that out. I'm writing it down. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap this mofo up. Absolutely. Thanks again to Lou for being on the show. Um, Anything you want to say about Lou and the band where people can find them? Uh, yeah, I think they're just, uh, we are Palisades, uh, at we are Palisades on Instagram. Um, their album erase the pain came out, uh, December 28th and it's the shit. Um, check them out and they're on rise. Yeah. They're on rise records. You can, you can scope it out, um, on Spotify, uh, wherever you, you jam your music. Fuck yeah, dude. Super cool band. Super cool guy. Um, go support people doing good shit. Yeah, they're going to be on tour with, uh, I think in February with Of Mice and Men and oh wow uh, cool and uh, another band. I want to say, I want to say nothing more, but I don't know if that's. Sweet. It sounds like a band. Sounds like a band. Pretty sure they're headlining, so that's disrespectful of me to not know. But, uh, but yeah, they'll be out. They'll be doing some shit. Very cool. You guys know what to do. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And uh, the biggest favor you can do if you like the show is to show the support by sharing it with your friends. Tell people about the show. That means everything to us. Uh, leave a, a review on iTunes, rate and review the show. That also helps immensely. Uh, iTunes is a black hole of podcasts. And the only way to, to rise up and to, to get out there so that people will hear our goddamn show is for people to leave reviews. It matters a lot. Um, we're on Spotify. A lot of people don't know that. We are on Spotify. And the audio is uploaded to YouTube at the same time. So if iTunes doesn't work for you, uh, let people know there are other options. And there's more options than that. Like we're on iHeartRadio. There's a direct link. You can just have like a web browser. Um, so yeah. And if you if you have a problem finding the show or anyone that you talk to has a problem finding the show, just contact Alan or I and we will direct you to the right place. Definitely. I would also say most importantly, if you've been involved in a school shooting, it doesn't make you cool. No. It doesn't make me care about what you have to say. No. <laughs> At all. And um, that's just the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've been involved in a school shooting, I don't want you listening to the show anyway. Yeah. Because I'm being totally serious right now. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're clearly bad luck. So don't listen to our show. Don't put that, that shit on us. 
And uh, yeah. and just remember, if you say something into a microphone, then it's true. Yep. That's it. I don't know what to do for you. Exactly. It's a superpower, man. You can say you can say shit you don't mean and, and piss off dummies. Yeah. So if you're mad right now, that. guess what? <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you're dumb. Don't know what to do for you. Um, also, we said it last time, and we're going to keep saying it. Uh, something we are trying to get out there as much as possible. <clears throat> if you are, if you're in a band or you run a small company or you have an art project or just a thing you want people to know about, uh, consider sponsoring the show, sponsor an episode. You can even just start there and uh, we will promote your thing for you. That would be a good working relationship, as they say. Yeah, and we can do it more than just um, like on the audio podcast itself. We can We can post from socials and, and shit like that get a little yeah. bit wider of a spread absolutely that's a good point all right guys well we will be back here the same time next week we have a few guests booked out now for a few weeks it sounds like uh, God yeah i'm willing, pumped knock on wood that no one cancels but uh we're doing the best we can absolutely a uh, happy new year i hope everyone had a great christmas break and uh, we will catch you guys on the next one love you later bye